0: So, uh, what do you want to do for this gift? Oh, my God. Sorry. There was something on top of it. I didn't realize Uh, that. I
1: opened mine with with Hero and Luke. So, you might as well open yours now. Okay. So,
0: we'll do a... uh,
1: There's a note in there. Apparently, Ron talked on Dinner for Geeks about how he spent time writing the notes for each one of these that he sent out. So, I I would say read the note aloud. I haven't even got to that episode yet, so. That's so yeah, we what wanted. You just put up this week. Uh,
0: you want me to? All right. So, what do you want to do? Uh, I'll just say. Yeah. We're just gonna.
1: Why don't you uh, explain to anybody
0: listening?
1: So that well, we could splice this in to
0: a show. You know what I'm saying? Or make we gonna this make might this, be this the preamble the show? Okay, maybe you'll play some like background Christmas music or something. Du, du, du,
1: du, du. Well, for anybody who, who might be listening to this uh, rambling uh, that we're doing here at the beginning, Dr. Bill received a message from our friend Ron Sadowski. From Santa a, Ron. Listen on a regular basis. Know that I've already opened my gift from Ron Sadowski and gone through the contents therein. So it is now Dr. Bill's turn. With
0: an x-ray scanner and a bomb disposal unit and... I have in my. Ron sent me disease. <laughs> <laughs> I got a rock. I have in my hot little hand a package from Ron, just Ron. And we are going to open this right now. I think Ron took packaging tips from my wife, though, because it's very frustrating and I can't get into it. It's very well sealed, it's kind of flat. I'm not quite sure what this is going to be. It's a little. It's a mystery. Could be. Could be a book. Could be a movie. Could you be. Take- could be a notebook. Could be. Uh, we could got be a box. A bo- could be a bar of,
1: of gold pressed platinum.
0: Got, yes, a rather large one. All right, so I've got the first layer undone. Okay. Oh, now I have a some cardboard with a note attached. And then, oh, there is a lovely wrapped gift. I'm thinking more and more this could be some type of movie. But uh, I will read the note first, much like I would not do if I was a small child, or like I would normally not do. Give me the gift first. It says, Dear Alvin, Dear Alvin, it has been a long December, and there's reason to believe maybe this year will be better than the last. Oh, Bill, this might give you some new material. Merry Christmas, Ron Sadowski. Some new material. Hmm. Have a gift wrapped package inside cardboard, and it is peanuts, Charlie Brown, and Snoopy. Uh-huh. Gift wrapping paper. And we have. <laughs> I might have to bring this to uh, to New York. What is it? It is Arnold Schwarzenegger, Hercules in New York. Ah. Featuring Arnold's original audio track, <laughs>
1: DVD. Yes, yes. He didn't. DVD. He didn't even uh, spring for the Blu-ray, yeah. Huh? And it's rated G. I didn't even know it. it's rated G. That starring. has uh, what's what's the guy's name? Is it Arnold Stang or something like That's that? That's
0: what it says. It says starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Arnold Stang. Who the hell is Arnold Stang? Uh,
1: he used to be the voice of the Quicks Rabbit in the TV commercials. He was a comedian.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: He was in an, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Really? Yeah. I can't tell hmm. you off the top of my head. He's somebody you, I'm pretty confident you would have seen him in things, but I can't tell you off the top of my head, anything else in particular that you would have seen him in.
0: You know, Ron, I got things to do and you're giving me movies. I have to watch now. You're killing me, man. You're killing me. If no, it's good enough,
1: you. maybe we'll do a commentary on it at
0: some point. Oh, okay, I know him. Yeah, all right. I just pulled him up. Oh, yeah. Oh, he did the trick. I see that now. I do see. Yeah, okay. I know him. Oh, he died. But oh, wait a minute. When did he die? Did he die? Man. <laughs>
1: Everybody he died. look up here, died.
0: <laughs> he died. Yeah, but he, he he only died in 2009. His spouse died, too, in 2009. Oh, that's sad when people die that close wow but he out uh, he was wow he was older than his wife that's a rarity out out living your wife or at least in age i know my wife will have me in a ground early she yeah. has her way but thank you again ron thank you thank you very much i guess now we can get on with the show
2: yeah come on get done with the show
1: Back to the bin.
0: And fire- Uh-oh, Firestorm Firestorm just jumped you. in. Sorry Ladies and gentlemen, bill- Firestorm has entered the building.
1: <laughs> if anybody's listening and you're confused as to what's going on, we have just been joined by Mr. Shag Matthews, who I invited to join us, and I'm very happy to say he accepted my invitation. Uh, well,
3: I had nothing better to do, and you know I'd already done the laundry. I'd already, you know, tucked the kids in. I was like, oh crap, what, why not? I just figured,
1: okay, yeah, had not, so nothing better to do. Was... I think I invited you in August, <laughs> and I've been waiting this long for you to finally be available, so. So could you say the Shag had nowhere else to go? That's very possible.
4: I got nowhere else to go! I got nowhere else to
2: go! I got nothing else.
3: I am known as the irredeemable shag. Let's let's that point is that true. out. That so. is
1: true. I, I well you should have corrected me right from the start. I thought that was well, I'm just saying, part of your uh, if, persona.
3: If I'm gonna be a if, if I come across as a bit like a jerk, it's right there in the name. It's in the advertising. You know, you knew what you were getting right from the go. Yeah,
1: no, I, I, I am aware and, and I would actually be disappointed if I got anything uh anything that was redeemable. <laughs> Well, I, for one, am not going to do the Thomas
0: DJ tagline for you out of respect for you being I our guest.
3: Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I, it's a cleaner show, too, anyway, isn't it?
1: Uh, well, I just, Yeah, because that's just more editing than Paul yeah, has I to do. Yeah, I just bleep it out. I don't care. When uh, oh, okay. when Tom DJ was on a couple of months ago, he did manage to uh, to send you a couple of messages in there.
3: Oh, I miss those. I'm gonna to have to go back and check the how very special of him.
1: Yes, I figured you'd appreciate that. That's <laughs> very special. Back to the bins. Since 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 uh, this is your first time on our show, despite the fact that you're kind of all over all over the internet, just in case there's like one person out there who only listens to us and doesn't listen to anything else you're on, why don't you tell everybody who you are?
3: <laughs> well, my name is the Ir- Irredeemable Shag. I do appear on the two true two true free, That is like a tongue twister. The Two True Freaks Network, along with my good friends here, as part of the Who True Freaks, a podcast dedicated to Doctor Who, run by Sean Engel. I'm one of the semi regular co hosts there or panel members, whatever you want to say. Uh, I have appeared on the Star Wars Monthly Monday shows a couple of times. Basically, when it, uh, Chris was invited me and Scott wasn't looking, it's kind of how I got on that show. And uh, of my own activities, I run the Firestorm Fan website. It's a fan, uh, website dedicated to Firestorm the Nuclear Man because somebody had to run one. Nobody else wanted to. Then on, let's see, what else? There's a few other places. Uh, along with my good friend Rob Kelly, who hosts the Aquaman Shrine, another website, Really? Running Aquaman? Somebody had to do it. <laughs> we team up and we do a podcast called the Fire and Water Podcast, bringing together two legendary forces of Firestorm and Aquaman because nobody demanded it. We started a podcast based on those two characters.
1: Which I got to say, I've only started listening to in the last couple of months. And, uh, and I it's love been it. a
3: lot of fun. We've actually – it's. Oh, well, thanks, man. It's it's really kind of taken off in a strange sort of way. There's a weird little niche. Also, we cover the Who's Who, the uh, definitive guide of the DC Universe. Like, once a month, we'll cover one issue of Who's Who. We go literally page by page. We dissect it. We talk about it. We have a blast with it. We, you know, we have some fun. And that seems to go well down with the kiddies. Well, my,
1: my favorite moment, oh. so when you hit
3: on the Haneyverse. Oh, the verse <laughs> is a blast. You know what I just bought? I just bought the Saga of the Super Sons. Oh, I, I've had you that know, they, for a uh, long
1: time. I have been... A fan of that stuff since it was coming out.
3: Oh, okay. Gotcha. I picked it up in back issue form years ago, and they're all in the, you know. I got something like 40 long boxes now. I don't feel, I'm too old. I don't feel like pulling the damn things out anymore, digging through it. So I buy a lot of collected editions now of crap I already own because you know I need to give DC my money twice, apparently. And mm-hmm. so I got Saga of the Super Sons, and I just cannot wait to sit down and read it. In fact, I posted it on Facebook the other day, and Jack C. Harris, one of the editors of DC, was, jumped on there. Started talking about how much he, uh, he enjoyed doing that last story, the one where Denny O'Neill kind of like
1: and Where you said it's all made up? It.
3: Yeah, because some people were making disparaging comments about it, and Jack said no. He thought it was a nice way to tie it up. So interesting, you know, different perspectives. Either way, they're all fun. Oh yeah. So what else? Uh, I'm also part of the Ultraverse Network, which is a network dedicated to Ultraverse, the comics from the 1990s. Again, I, I apparently am tied in with a bunch of things that nobody else wanted to do. So um, <laughs> now
0: Ultraverse, I almost now. did a Ultra. I almost did an uh, Ultra Force and the Avengers uh, Prelude book. But I switched to a different book, which we'll cover later.
1: <laughs> but uh, Oh, yep.
3: <laughs> are we doing uh, the next issue of Apollo Smile? I can't. I'm really hoping we will. <laughs> I have can't wait for As long as possible.
0: I think I'm, I'm going to have I'm, to bring that to him especially. And, and you know what, Paul? I'm going to have to bring – oh, I don't know if I can find uh, I think I've lost the first issue again. I'm going to have to find it. I'll have to bring those to New York when I come see you.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, make sure I have extra locks on the doors when you come up here. If you can but bring Paul, that crap really? with you. I'll just slide it through the mail slot. You got a mail slot in your door, don't you? Is, isn't it bad enough that, that Ron Sadowski had to send me the March Hare? I own I own an F Troop book. I have the March Hare. I have to like finish the trifecta by having Apollo smile as well. <laughs>
3: hey bill would would like the tsa consider that contraband trying to you know transport apollo smile across state lines
1: no i I don't know there's no jfk that bill's being (laughs) held in custody
0: (laughs) there's there's no wild hentai tentacles or anything in it so i think i'm okay all right fair enough need to worry about that so Shaq, have you noticed a bump in your listenership with the recent flash show and with the tying in of uh of Ronnie Raymond in there and Firestorm? I
3: don't know if we've seen a bump on the in the podcast. Actually, like, I actually haven't looked at the stats lately, but I've seen a bump on the blog. There's definitely a lot more people stopping by and visiting, going, oh, there's nothing here for me. Uh, and then leaving. But there's definitely been a bump thanks to the Flash TV series. And it's, you know, I'm pretty excited about the direction they're taking. The character's gonna be a little different, but I love the show. I watch it with the whole the whole family sits down and watches it every Tuesday. We love it.
1: Yeah, my my kids mm. are into it with me and what what did you think of the physical representation of firestorm how they showed him
3: um well so far you know it's it's all we've seen him is flaming which is fine he looks great i love the flame effect um i i kind of made my peace with them trying to replicate the classic costume because firestorm's got one, one of those costumes that regardless that i love it looks ridiculous in real life Uh, Mm -hmm. i've seen several people cosplay it god bless them they look awesome when they do it but it's not something you could see walk, you know flying across the sky coming at you and going oh no it'd be more like
1: (laughs) (laughs) when i've seen it at at conventions it always it looks more like the flaming carrot than it does firestorm (laughs) yeah
3: yeah yeah. so the flaming head looks great apparently they're going to put him in uh, I guess a black sort of almost like a peacoat like an army peacoat and he's got this metal harness that goes around him with the three lights and the darker costume makes sense because really on TV what's going to sell firestorm is the flame effect. That's going to look awesome and if you give him a brightly colored costume that's actually just going to take away from his look so if they give him a darker costume with the three you know the the nuclear symbol on his chest and the flaming hair and hands I'm going to love it.
0: Yeah. I've seen some pictures of uh, Victor Gerber, who I love Victor Gerber, um, as Professor Stein, and he's and I've seen him separate from Ronnie. Now, do you know, are they going to be merged in the show, or what, what's going on with that?
3: From what I understand, so I've, let, I've read a lot of interviews, the way they've described it is they will be a merged being. They will merge together. So it's possible he's already merged with Professor Stein. We don't really know at right. this that's point. That's the um, theory. Um, maybe worried.
0: that's why – And maybe that's why he thinks he's crazy because he's hearing, you know, he's hearing hearing voices voices. in his head. Yeah.
3: Bingo. That's what we're thinking. But apparently what you'll have is Robbie Amell will always be the body. Okay. You won't see the floating head of Professor Stein like we do in the comics. Instead, what you'll get will be his his body language will change from Ronnie's body language to Victor Garber's body language. And he will speak with Victor Garber's voice.
4: Ah. So you'll
3: have sort of both of them in control of the Firestorm body at different times. Hmm. So Robbie Mel said he's been brushing up, watching a lot of alias, trying to mimic Victor Garber's body language.
0: Well, you should just go back and watch Godspell. But that would, that's, I, I would that's, say that, that that's would. That's an uh, early, early reference. <laughs> Some people may not get that. I
3: mean, I know it, but I didn't realize he was in it.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, he was one of, uh, was, he didn't play Jesus, did he? Or was he? Jesus between... Christ. <laughs> so was, no, he, uh, he was no, in the
3: story.
0: Different 70s one. <laughs> yeah, but similar in its own way. Yes, yes, it was. It was like uh, Jesus Christ Superstar in New York City as a musical. Anyway, we've gone way but, way off. I,
1: guess. I mean, I'm just thinking like if they're going to tr- go for that type of uh, characterization, which does make sense to me, you will have to have them unmerge at times or it doesn't make so much sense. What's the point of trying to mimic Victor Garber's body movements and and – you know his if cape, whatever. See if you never see him as Victor Garber, well, I, unless
0: unless they do like an internal monologue thing, and because like a scene I saw, a scene I saw, whatever, a clip I saw or a image showed Victor Garber, uh, Garber, however you pronounce it, uh, and they're standing in like a rocky landscape. And I was th- I was wondering if they were going to have like a internal mon, like instead of showing the floaty heads, show the two of them talking to each other on like a desolate landscape kind of like a mine. i state. didn't know if maybe that yeah yeah so yeah they're in the like old doctor who style rock quarry and <laughs> I they're was just standing just there's
3: a doctor who rock quarry it's exactly <laughs> what
0: it looks like <laughs> yeah because that's the only picture that i've seen of victor and is yep. him in like a rock quarry so i'm thinking are they just going to be standing here talking to each other, to show the inner monologue between the two instead of just hearing hearing voices on the screen so i i don't know i guess we'll have to wait and see
3: I think they're going to separate because that picture of Garber, if you look closely, his clothes are all tattered and burned. So it's hmm. almost like it's after he was Firestorm. Yeah, it's like but he's now, done being Firestorm. His clothes burned some, and now he's back to normal.
1: Do you think they're
0: going to have to keep remerging, or it'll be like a mutual thing? They'll come together, like in, like, uh, because from what I remember of Firestorm when I used to read it, was that. They had their own lives. Wait, wait, they just you, came together. Are you,
3: me, are you telling me you stopped reading it? What, what is that about? Why would you do that? <laughs> well, I haven't read Considering they no notes. longer
1: publish it.
3: You could still read an issue a day or something and that just reread
1: You know what? You got a good point. I, I, I
3: well, in the that's correct. An issue
0: a day keeps hmm, trying Professor to think, Stein uh, away.
3: Or keeps death, Stein death, Stein
0: storm away. Away. death Storm away. Death Storm away.
3: Anyway, I'm sorry. You but, were saying some sort of nonsense. Go ahead.
1: Babble, babble, yak, yak, yak. You know, Shag, uh, it's my job to belittle Dr. Bill. Again,
3: you invited me on the show. You knew what you were getting into. And Dr. <laughs> Bill and I, we've hung out before.
1: That's true. He, well, he knows on, on what who kind who, of pain. Uh, you see, now I, I haven't listened to Who True Freaks because I am, s- like, in the first season of Doctor Who. It's something I never watched before. Uh,. Well, he, so now you who I, on Who True Freaks takes the role of the Dr. Bill belittler?
3: Well, I'm sorry, what I just heard is I don't listen to Who True Freaks, blah 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 blah. blah, blah That's blah, kind blah, of what blah, I heard. You I know, will eventually listen anime show when I get reference to those here or whatever. We know you don't listen to the anime show either. Anything anyone else does, you don't listen to. We we see how you are, Paul.
1: <laughs> it's basically if I'm on it, I listen.
3: <laughs> right. That's what we figure. That's what we figure.
1: I think I think I just said I listened to the Fire and Water podcast, but maybe I'm mistaken. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's where you hey be nobody your belittles uh, me um, nobody be- nobody belittles me on who true freaks except i just pretty much handle it myself i'll belittle myself
3: you're, you're pretty nice actually <laughs> on who true freaks you really are
1: he's nice on here too i'm the one who's not nice
0: <laughs>
1: you see what i gotta work with these
0: are my work conditions shag you gotta it's help moral. me, man
3: you need a you need to contact hR man i mean that's really aren't you uh aren't you garage too Oh, jeez. Who's in the garage? Who's, oh, was that? That's not that me. Chris who's in the garage, or is it you guys in the garage?
0: Yeah, no, you that's know, not Shag, it's been nice garage. having you. I'm afraid you're going to have to go now, so what were o- some people? Hold control?
3: on. <laughs> I have, I ha- I'm bringing this up because I'm in a garage.
0: All right. Hey, garage brother.
3: Okay, so it is you, Bill. Okay, I wasn't sure yeah. it was you or Chris.
0: Okay, I'm in see, a room. I'm in a room. I, I,
3: I'm in a room. It is a converted garage, just like you, buddy.
0: Okay. And no car has been in here since I've lived in this house.
3: Right. No car has been in this, as far as I know, if in, in since at least the last 10 years. So, hey, uh, exactly. Wonder, Wonder Garage Powers, activate.
0: Pwing.
3: <laughs> shape uh, of uh, washing machine shape plugs of, that are halfway up the wall.
1: Yeah. Form of a Hyundai Sonata. I think I have a new a new uh, <laughs> new title for you, Shag. You're, you're the Bill What's Whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you were able to calm him down and get him in the garage just by talking to him in your tone of voice. He speaks my language. He understands we,
0: my pain.
3: We do. I do. You have to have a space heater in yours to keep warm because it gets too
2: cold.
0: No, I'm just cold blooded. And well, you're actually uh, you're a little bit fur, fur, further north than me. So when it gets really cold, I just put on an extra pair of socks and some sweatpants. It's
2: down gets, in
3: the it's it's down in the fifties tonight. It's absolutely frigid out there.
0: Well, you're up in Tallahassee, so you're about five hours north of me.
3: Thanks for that. Now all the freaks are going to hunt me down and kill me. Really appreciate
0: it. Oh, you've said that before. We we brought that
3: up before. <laughs> <laughs> last, <laughs> last, week,
1: last week. And I'm your home funny.
0: address is? Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: last week I had to go to Boston Spa, New York, which is about three and a half m- hours uh, north of me. And they told me that the day before I got there, it was 19 below. Oh, Jesus <laughs> now, I went for work, so I, I, I left my house, you know, driving straight to, to the meeting in a suit, and I stayed overnight, but I forgot, because I was wearing a suit, I forgot to bring a winter coat with me.
3: Mm. That's, that's the level
1: of intelligence mm. I deal with. That's what, vicious.
3: What, oh, my gosh.
1: 19 below. Luck, luckily for me, it was only in the 30s when I was there. You should have had a parka. Oh.
3: I went to Philly for work a couple of weeks ago, and with the wind chill, it was one degree outside, Oof, yeah, and I mean, I that see. was just ludicrous, just
1: insane.
3: Mm. It's just a, how do you live? How do people live that way? Why would you go live at a place where you step outside and you can die?
1: Well, I mean, in theory, you could die of heat too. <laughs> yeah, it does get hot down here.
0: Yeah, but we can just jump in the water and cool mm. off. We have lots of it. See now, is your uh, room? Uh, <laughs> Your converted room,
3: my <laughs> asylum.
0: Yes. See, I I have a ceiling in here, and I actually piped in some AC ducts, so I I can actually keep it kind of cool during during the summer. Um, some the, the with, house with was, a little AC.
3: The house was uh, this room was converted before I bought the house, so there was already AC oh. ducts in here, but they suck. It's always at least like fifteen degrees off the rest of the house in this place. You know, because <laughs> it's if, not if it, as well insulated. Yeah, if it's cold or hot outside, it's cold or hot in this room. So I had to turn my space heater off just because it's too noisy for the podcast. But uh, it it gets downright chilly out here, and I and I I work from home now, so I work out here during the day, and uh, it's just it's too hot, too cold. You know, the the spring and the fall are perfect, and I Mm -hmm. bet the listeners at home are like, "This is fascinating."
1: Oh (laughs) yes, absolutely. (laughs) We should bring this thing in, Doctor. You want to bring it in? Not it.
0: Oh damn, you already tagged me. Oh, first word caught me again. Hello and welcome to Back to the Bins, insert number here, and I am Dr. Bill, and tonight, today, whenever you're listening, we are joined by, well, I have my normal uh, tormentor, the producer, Mr. Paul Spataro. Say hello, Paul. Hello, Paul. And we also have the irredeemable one, if you had not heard from the preamble or know by now. That would be the
1: irredeemable shag.
3: Hello, peoples of Earth. Thank you for having me on your little show. So kind of you.
1: Well, we're, we're very happy to have you here.
3: It's very kind of you to lie to me like that. I know you'd run. I know pretty much you had tapped out every other guest in the Two True Freaks network, and you're like, "Ah, oh, crap! Shag's about the only one left." All right, let's invite him.
1: <laughs> There's still a couple on my list, but they've all said no.
3: Well, I have to tell you, as a guest, the 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 green room pretty lacking. I mean, there was no, there was very little in the way of amenities. A bowl of peanut M Ms where all the green ones have already been eaten is not. Uh, what I consider, you know, sort of a star treatment and the chairs reek of Thomas DJ in here. So it's <laughs> either way, it's so far. You guys are going you know, to really impressing me.
0: Well, you uh, know, the green room is in Paul's garage, <laughs> which, which is not part of my house.
3: <laughs> Technically, a garage is part
1: of your house, I think. Really it Smells
0: of Thomas DJ and motor oil. I don't know.
1: <laughs> for, for property tax purposes, uh, it, oh, I think it only counts as part of your house if it's a finished room. That's true. If, if it isn't considered to be living quarters, it doesn't count. Hey, I live here, brother. I know. So you get to pay higher tax because of it. Go ahead. Keep no. bragging on the show about it. You, know, you,
0: know, you know how I get away from that? Funny you bring this up because you don't
3: pull a permit. That's how you get away from it.
0: Nope, nope, because when they were praising my house, you pulled The, the car. guy was the guy was like, he's like, Well, this room is finished, but then he looked at the floor. The floor, the garage floor, is three inches lower than the rest of the footing of the house, so it doesn't count as a room. It counts as a garage. God, See, I just negated my own argument. You idiot. Hey, I'm in
3: the <laughs> same situation. My, my enclosed garage doesn't count as a room uh, because they didn't pull permits or anything. And so the, the resale value of my house is less because I have
0: less square footage.
3: So it's like, crap. Yeah. So.
0: Mm. Oh. Yeah, but you don't get taxed as much. So Yeah, but I'm gonna sell the
3: damn house. I've been in it 10 uh,
0: years. I don't want to move. I've been in my house for 17 years, so wah, Suck it up.
3: Well, see, I sat down to sign the papers like the 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 moment the housing market crashed in Florida, I'm like signing the papers at the absolute peak and on the news they're going the housing market appears to be crashing. I'm like what did I just <laughs> sign? Oh god, no. So Well, you no know, underwater, Paul's got
0: Paul's got one of those slab models from the Flintstones with the big hole cut out in the side and, and big flat roof. <laughs> I bet he's got the car too. <laughs> got
1: those! Feet. I have the, I have the worst calluses on my heels. It's <laughs> <laughs> he well, funny when you guys were talking about uh, rock quarry before. My mind went to the Flintstones because that was uh, when they when they did the uh, when they had Mr. Slate. Uh, Gary Cooper, effectively, on it. His name was Rock Quarry.
3: Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So you probably remember, like, the original honeymoon, Honeymooner show that it was based on when it aired the first time around, right?
1: <laughs> not quite, thankfully, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not quite far enough removed from it as I would like to think I am. <laughs> you know, well, I, I, I put that in perspective sometimes because I think about, like, you know, I was born in the early 60s, so by like the 70s when I was getting into the Honeymooners, they were talking about it like, you know, this is this ancient show right? that it was on in the mid-50s and it wasn't even 20 years back. Mm-hmm. So that would be similar to somebody saying, you know, now telling a kid, yeah, there was this show a long time ago. It was called Friends, you know, and, and, and it's just as ancient to them as the Honeymooners was to me. <laughs> And, and when I put it in that perspective, I say, oh, God, I'm old.
3: Yeah, I can feel you, buddy. I can feel you. So I remember the first time I heard that Flintstones was based on the Honeymooners. Because I, I, I found out about the Honeymooners in the 80s when it had that resurgence. It like, blew my mind. <laughs> wow. Oh, the Flintstones. Simpsons done right.
1: Well, it's, I mean, you know, in the 70s, back in the days when I only had, whatever, five channels to watch TV on. Flintstones was one of my go-to shows. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Boy, that was a conversation killer.
1: Yeah, but I I you know, that that's another thing to just to make myself sound old, you know, the when I was young, we only had 5 channels. We didn't have cable. There were no VCRs, there was no DVRs, none of this crap. What did that's, you do? We went outside and played. No, I just sat inside and w- waited for something else to come on. It read right. comments.
3: You <laughs> <laughs> don't tell your kids that though. I uh, my one of my favorite torment tormenting things is hide the remote controls from the kids because they don't know how to change the channel on the TV without oh, it. Yeah. You know, they've never noticed there's buttons on the side of the TV and I'm not <laughs> about to tell them. And if I'm a real, bastard, they... real bastard, I'll turn the cable box off because then they're totally screwed.
0: Or they just sit there and they're like, like, what's wrong? Well, I can't change the channel.
1: Get up! Right. <laughs> My, my favorite tormenting thing was when I got the app for my iTouch that, uh, for the cable company. So I would be able to go onto the iTouch and change the channel from anywhere in the house.
3: <laughs> so they'd be
1: sitting in the family room watching TV and I would just keep changing the channel on them.
3: <laughs> you, you know that Netflix app lets you do that for a while. It doesn't anymore. But I, I tormented my children with that. They'd be like, why did it turn off? What happened? <laughs> I'm in the uh, other room laughing my ass off.
1: <laughs> that's why we have children, so that we can torment them. I mean, let's be serious.
3: I'll be honest calvin's uh from Calvin Hobbs, his dad was my role model.
1: <laughs>
3: that's parenting done right right there, my friend
1: <laughs> loved Calvin and Hobbes back in the day. very disappointing when they stopped to stop making it. yeah, you stopped reading it well, I stopped reading it when they stopped making new ones.
3: You can still read a new one every day I just a, pick, or not a new one, but read an old one every day. Do we have to go through this again? Is this a complicated process <laughs> this is for you like
1: Deja just voodoo. because
3: just because something stops doesn't mean you have to stop reading it. That's sort of the purpose of the back to the bin show.
1: No, I agree with you there, but on a uh, cartoon strip where it's three panels a day and I've read it already, it does lose a little bit of its effect.
0: Yeah,
3: no it doesn't. Calvin Hobbes no, is
1: No, you just
0: have to wait and go back after a few years when your memories become fuzzy. And I and I mean this seriously, I'm not doing an age thing with you, Paul. Just wait. <laughs> Cuz to- he is really old just just wait a few years got and read it. it again and it's kind of new oh i you know oh i'm starting to remember this cuz i've done that with um uh see i forgot what i did it with um uh far side yeah. perhaps? no no con- i was going to say the far side no the one with Bill the cat and uh
3: oh the, uh bloom county or outland yeah
0: bloom county yeah and outland so i've got those collected editions somewhere around here it's about time My, uh, I go back and read them I
3: I have a horrible memory, so like every time I read it, it's, I'm like an Alzheimer's patient. It's like the first time for me. It's like, oh, this is great. Like I, the comic we're gonna I'm gonna cover it tonight. I'm back to the bins. I don't I remember the cover. Inside it, it's all like brand new again. I'm like, this is so much fun. So I, actually, I'll get on my soapbox for a second. You know why Why Back to the Bins is actually such a great show is because. For me, I've sort of lost interest in modern comics. I still get a handful of modern comics. I get about six, I think it is. It's the Doctor Who books, Daredevil, Hawkeye, and like Back Issue Magazine, Aquaman. That's about it. But I'm still getting a ton of comics. I'm buying tons of Back Issues nowadays because I've sort of – the term I keep hanging out there is I found my joy. My joy is the DC universe from about 1982 to 1989. Everything in there just makes me happy. And there's a ton of it I've never read. So I seek out stuff I didn't read back then. Like right now, I've got a stack of warlords sitting over here I've never read. I can't wait to dive into them. Or, or, D, or Marvel. I can, my Marvel's a little different. I like I like about 1972 to about, I don't know, 1986 for Marvel. That's kind of like my sweet spot for Marvel. Um, and so I love reading either comics I read years ago and don't remember or comics I've never read from those eras. And that's why I think your show's great, diving into these older comics. Because they're, just because they're old doesn't mean they're not good. And heck, in fact, most...
1: Some are better than modern comics. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I, I first heard you espousing that theory, I think it was on views. Probably. And uh, I've I've latched onto that, and I've actually quoted your uh, finding your joy statement on several episodes over the uh, last, say, two years or so. Uh, and I totally agree. And my, my wheelhouse, I, I mean, I enjoy comics outside of my wheelhouse, but my wheelhouse is Marvel from about 72 to about 80. Like, that's that's really my prime prime time comics. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I still go with other stuff. I like the earlier Silver Age stuff, and I like a lot of DC stuff, and I like the stuff later, too. But those are the ones that I really latch onto and find myself rereading <clears throat> over and over again and, and, you know, just trying to find them uh, to be new to me or nostalgic to me, whatever the case may be. And I sometimes I have to try and pull myself away because yeah. I'm constantly picking those books for the show.
0: See, now Paul, you need to go back under Shag's speech and put in like the uh, the graduation the you know theme da, 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 or uh, like the end of you know Gone, Gone with the Wind. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow just, is another day.
3: Well just we we all have spent at some point in our lives we've spent so much time bitching about comics. You know, just complaining like I hate the what their DC's doing or Marvel's doing or Dark Horse is doing today, blah, blah and I just I finally came to peace with it. You know, it's just find what makes you happy. And that that's where it works. Know what's, what's sort of your sweet era? besides me, Bill, what's your sweet spot?
0: You complete me, Shag.
3: Well, you know.
0: <laughs> Wait, don't tell Paul
1: he's listening.
3: <laughs> he's always listening. I kind of except if all... it's
1: anime freaks, who True Freaks. Uh <laughs> Well, you will be on a – I don't know if this one will
0: come out before. You may – you're going to be on an episode of Anime Freaks. We, we, we're we dragging you kicking and screaming into watching Star Blazers.
1: Well, I, I, it wasn't kicking and screaming. I, I, I don't know what the order of the – Come on. Uh, you were like Malcolm McDowell in, in the Clockwork
0: Orange. We had, I don't know what the order of the posting is going
1: to be. But <laughs> before we started recording this episode, I sat down and watched three episodes of Star Blazers – to prepare myself to be a guest on anime freaks awesome and i and as i told bill before you got on shag i will not be giving my opinion now because i'm saving it for when i'm on the show isn't so that
3: uh nice. isn't that the same thing as lensman isn't
0: that right no i no. well I, i've not i've never i don't remember lensman no that's with the space battleship yamoto
3: yeah. oh that's captain harlock is lensman maybe
0: Oh yeah, Captain Harlock, the ship looks a little bit like the Argo, but it's slightly different and he's a pirate. <laughs> but it's kind of in the same uh general theme, I guess you could say.
3: Clearly I don't know a damn thing about anime. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, n- nor do I, which is why I'm I gonna do it. No, Captain Harlock has looks looks
0: a little like hit the character of Captain Harlock looks a lot like Derek Wildstar from Starblazer, so you could confuse those. Except, I love how he just uh, said
3: a bunch of words together and strung them together, but they still didn't make any sense.
1: <laughs> it sounded like Charlie Brown's teacher. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, my sweet spot's the Avengers and it always has been, so um, all things Avengers. It's a
3: very
1: mean, small ad- sweet spot.
0: Not lately. They got like
3: 18 books. I was, was going
1: to say, no, not really. <laughs> oh, so it's the entire run from 1960. Oh yeah, to now? I still
0: love. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, I always love everything with the Avengers. And 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 like I've said before, that that, that I branch out. That kind of gave me my love of Iron Man, was from from the Avengers. Funny enough, Cap. That's the one. Like I'd said before, I've not quite got into it as much. Um, but uh, the Avengers and Iron Man have always been my my favorites, pretty much. And then so, when you get next in, 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 into DC would be the, the new Teen Titans and then branching off, you know, from Crisis to other characters over on uh, on that side. OK, so
3: opinion on the brown jacket at Avengers.
0: Oh, yeah, that's. uh, well, It was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Close. It was. I mean, it it fit for the time frame. When you look back, it's kind of like, what? but at the time i had no problem with it cuz i was reading it as it was coming out so yep. it just it just was like a natural pro-
1: progression it was cool it was hip i want i would have loved one of those avengers jackets i didn't mind the brown <laughs> jacketed avengers i did mind the mutated wasp which was a very short run thing mm, yeah that oh, was yeah. at the end right the after crossing the, the crossing yeah yeah really not a fan
3: I, uh, that, that The Brown Jacket Avengers was actually the era I glommed onto Avengers. I had read a few here and there, of course, but that was the era that I finally became an Avengers fan. So my first Avengers was the Brown Jacket Avengers. Similarly, my first Justice League was Justice League Detroit. So apparently I mm-hmm. picked the underdogs, as we've discussed earlier
0: <laughs> on the show well, already. The Black Knight was really weird during that time frame, too, because he didn't have the ebony blade. He had like a laser sword. He had, f- yeah. you know, five o'clock
1: shadow. Was that when he was addicted to the sword? <laughs> uh, I think no, it might have been. Like it yeah. was draining or, his life force from him, kind
0: of. Thing? I think
3: that's. I think that's why he got rid of the sword and got the lightsaber. Yeah, that's yeah. What I
0: mean? yeah. And then he had a bond with Cersei, and then mm-hmm. that kind of leads over into Ultra Force.
1: Ultra Force.
0: I see,
3: it
1: all goes back home again.
3: The worst comic book theme song ever.
1: I never saw that it's- that cartoon.
3: So that's why you're not blind.
1: <laughs> but I did see Star Blazers. <laughs> and that's why you are blind. Oh but a bump. They told me to stop watching Star Blazers, right and go blind. <laughs> <laughs> and grow hair on my palms.
0: Oh no no.
4: Whoa.
0: Well Nova's pretty hot in there, but anyway, that's uh...
1: yeah, she was shaking her little uh in one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't animation. know what you're
3: talking about, but you're talking about hot chicks. So I, you know, Noam nope is pretty up.
1: much the
0: only woman you see on the ship. There's a, like only one other out of the first nine, uh, the first ten episodes, we've only seen five other women on the ship. And that was in just one episode. And all the women were yellow tight-fitting jump with, and they, and they pack heat, probably because they're trying to fend off, off the, all the men on the ship.
3: I was just gonna say it's not a smart idea to launch a ship into space with only a couple of women because those poor ladies are gonna have a hard time with men, the male crew members.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna just uh, I'm not gonna give away my opinions in the episode, but the one thing I found very amusing about it is uh, the main bad guy in, in the show is called Deslock, not Deathlock, Deslock. <laughs> and- wait, wait, don't, don't wait. Is it his uh, course of people when he walks in a room? No, 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 no. The thing I found most amusing oh, okay. is that when he speaks. He sounds like the Blue Meanie from Yellow Submarine when he's saying "Glove, come here, glove," <laughs> and it's just—it's like like very freaky to watch it. He he has a very
0: high, lilting <laughs> when he speaks,
1: and he's very menacing at the same time. Well, that's that's what they're, they're trying to portray—kind of the uh, you know the the soft-spoken but. Smoldering underneath kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But we'll save that for anime freaks. In the meanwhile... Star Force. In the meanwhile... <laughs> we have. A- meanwhile, at Back to the Bins... We have some books to cover, and it's already 10.55, so we should probably get into it. Oh, crap. <laughs>
3: well, you know some guy at home, just look at his watch and was like, it's not
0: 10.55. Or maybe there's a guy that looked at his watch and went
1: holy crap,
0: it's 10.55, because it was 10.55.
1: <laughs> creepy. What, what I think will be more fun do, 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 is do, the do, guy do, do. who it's really like 7 o'clock and changes his watch to 10.55, because we just told him it's
3: 10.55. It was Bailey. Bailey did it.
1: <laughs> so, anyway, uh, we, our, our traditional way of going is Marvel, DC, Indie, but as our guest, right. I will give you the option if you choose to go first or if you'd rather not. Hmm, I can call st- an audible.
3: to wait, wait to the second half. Huh? No, I'll, I'll go first. What the hell? Hopefully, I won't screw this up for you guys.
0: All right.
1: Yeah, you go for it.
3: All right. Well, I'll do is I'll do the recap first, and then we can break in and talk about the bits and pieces if that's okay. That's
1: yeah. That's the plan. Oh, All yeah. right. Yeah.
3: Marvel team up. So I, I when, when I was asked to be on the show, I had to think. Well, I wanted to pick something one and done something Marvel. Marvel Team-Up is probably one of my greatest uh, comfort foods. It's my mac and cheese of the Marvel 1980s books. I personally came into Marvel Team-Up in issue 141 when they first did the black costume. That was my segue to the Spider-Man black costume was Marvel Team-Up because I wasn't reading Amazing or Spectacular. So I just love this series. So I went back at that time. I bought a bunch of packages, including Marvel Team-Up number 131, starring Spider-Man and Frog-Man. <laughs> and on the cover, it's got this pretty hot-looking lady. She is uh, dressed as sort of a cosplaying white rabbit from Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. She's got an umbrella she's holding down low, and it's got a smoking barrel from the tip of the umbrella. And mounted on the wall behind her, as if trophies are the heads of Spider-Man and Frog-Man. And they have funny little names that say, Spidericus Idiacus and Frogicus Megafulicus. It says, Enter the White Rabbit. Now, you would think the corner box would say something like, Welcome to Assistant Editor's Month with a cover like this. But it was not to be. So once we get inside, folks, you've got a script by uh, J.M. DeMattis. You've got breakdowns by Carrie Gamble, finished art by Mike Esposito, letters by Diana Albers, Colors is Bob Sharon, editor is Tom DeFalco. He's also credited as the funny, worth noting. And that cover, by the way, was drawn by Paul Smith. So, uh, as the story opens up, your first scene takes place in a fast food joint called Quickie Burger, and the White Rabbit and her goons are there robbing the place. Also eating inside the the joint is a guy by the name of Eugene. And if you don't know who he is at this point, we'll clue you in. He is secretly the fabulous Frogman, Marvel's breakout character of 1971 or two, <laughs> or maybe not so much. So Eugene sees the crime the crime going on where they're holding up the cash register. He runs off to the bathroom, fakes stomach problems and changes into the frogman costume. One of the goons tries to get him to come out of the bathroom with a shotgun pointed at the door, and he leaps out with his leapfrog costume, which looks suspiciously like a sleaze sack, knocks the bathroom door down, knocks down the goon, um, and then, uh, sorry, I got distracted. With the instant messaging? Really? We're trying to do work here, and you guys <laughs> just want to chit-chat in the message?
0: Really? No, anyway. come on, it's just like Hoosho Freaks when we try to mess up Sean, remember?
3: Well, it worked this time congratulations <laughs> you should feel proud of yourself take that as a little effing trophy and put it next to your computer i screwed up back to the bins way to go yeah anyway oh Good job, I've, you,
0: I've got plenty of trophies Full for that shag. just keep going <laughs>
3: So Frogman leaps out of the bathroom, knocks down the goon, and at the same time, the White Rabbit's like, well, we've already got the money, let's get out of here. So her and her goons run out. Frogman, by the way, is not even remotely graceful. He is tripping, bouncing, he has very little control over his powers. He thinks he's doing good here, but really all he's doing is smashing into stuff. So they take the fight outside. Uh, uh, Frogman's leaping around. White Rabbit sees her opportunity. She uses her umbrella, which, by the way, so far we've seen her umbrella shoot a flare, and we've seen it shoot a razor- tipped, sharp carrot. Yeah, I'm not kidding about that. So she shoots a flare in the air, jumps in her van and gets away. Meanwhile, Frogman's left behind with the goons. One of the goons is holding a gun right at Frogman's head. Kind of brave for Marvel in 1972. Anyway, about to pull the trigger, and the amazing Spider-Man leaps in and saves Frogman. So then you get a couple of scenes where Spider-Man saves the day, and Spider-Man pretty much chews out Frogman saying, Look, Eugene, this is not your gig. This is not what you need to be doing. You're not a superhero. Your dad was a, a small-time crook who went by Leapfrog, daredevil kicked his ass then you kind of stumbled in and helped us out 10 issues to go in marvel team out you really saved the day totally by accident you don't need to be doing this you're gonna get yourself killed and so it's kind of funny to see spider-man playing the elder statesman of the superhero set you know so you get peter parker then afterwards he goes to visit a friend named roger we're introduced to roger roger is apparently a very mealy nerdy guy who who, uh, supports his mother and he can't handle stress. His mother's broken her hip, and he's flat broke. He can't pay to help her. So she's in the hospital, and he doesn't know how to pay to help her with this hip issue. Peter goes, I've got an idea, and runs out the door. So Roger's, you know, they don't show us this, but I'm imagining the next scene is Roger just crying because his only friend ran out the door once he told him his problems. Then you get to, uh, let's see what happens next. Okay, so Eugene goes home, And his father bursts in the door. His father has figured out that Eugene is jumping around as as Frogman. Remember, his father used to be the leapfrog, a villain. And he's telling him, Eugene, you got to stop this. You can't do this. Uh, we're, We're broke, but you can't be Frogman. So Eugene just kind of quietly says, okay, dad, and dad leaves. Dad goes and uses a payphone and says, okay, guys, I'm in. I'll take the job. So something mysterious is going on. You get the feeling that his dad has taken some sort of illicit job. Frogman grabs a couple of Twinkies for the trip and jumps out the window going off to stop more crime. What you find out is that Eugene's dad has agreed to join, surprise, surprise, the White Rabbit's gang. So they have a sort of a whole Lewis Carroll sort of scene where he goes down the rabbit hole and he's in her lair and there's a lot of Alice in Wonderland sort of stuff decorated around her, her place. And we find out basically she, she um, besides being super hot, was born super rich. She's married to a she was she was married to a very old rich guy. She had a very sheltered life, she loved books, that's where her escapism was. The old her old her husband or the old guy died. And so she used this fortune to create sort of a fantasy life for herself as the white rabbit. And to her, money doesn't really matter. All this crime she's doing, it's really just for the excitement. So now she decides they, they've had enough robbing fast food joints. Now they want to go rob a, a book fair, still a bunch of valuable first editions. On the way, we see, uh, it, well, she's on the way, I should say. We see Spider-Man and Frogman sort of uh, arguing again. Spider-Man's still telling him. Everyone in this book is telling Eugene to stop trying to be a hero. Imagine if that had happened to Peter Barker when he was young. Maybe we wouldn't have Spider-Man. Hmm, why can't they just support Eugene, maybe be his mentor? No, they have to tell him and put him down. So not fair. Anyway, so uh, White Rabbit's driving by. Spider-Man and Frogman intervene in the van. Lots of big fighting, lots of exciting scenes where they're shooting at them, jumping around. Frogman bumps, comes face-to-face with his own dad, who's now with the hooligans, and they decide to sort of kind of step off to the side while Spider-Man is dealing with a lot of the, the, the hoods. White Rabbit takes off with her boot jets. You get a really fun fight up in the air between Leapfrog and White Rabbit. They go flying, they crash into a building, which just happens to be, coincidentally, the hospital room of Roger. Remember him? His mother just broke her hip. They crash into Roger's mother's hospital room. Roger grabs a vase, knocks out the white rabbit, and therefore he is entitled to part of the reward. The other person who's gonna share the reward turns out to be Frogman's dad, who has joined the gang, but really he's working for the police, can you believe it? So all's well that ends well. The Frogman family gets money, Roger's family gets money, all the hoods are captured, and we have a nice touching moment where the the Frogman and his dad are sort of toasting, spending their money on a nice dinner instead of paying their bills, apparently. And uh, that's how it works out, everyone ends up happy.
1: He took all the reward money and went out and splurged on, on a real big dinner, and that's
3: it. Blew put on a steak dinner. Way to go, Leapfrog Senior. <laughs> so I've been talking for a while. What would you guys think of this one?
1: You want to go first, Bill, or you want me? Uh, go ahead. Uh, I think it's a fun book. I think I, I see why you picked it. Definitely nothing, you know, that's going to have any sort of repercussions down the line or, uh, you know inspire anything except for the cheapy bins, but just a lot of fun. Um The art I'm not wild about. It's kind of very workmanlike, but it's nothing that really grabs me. Uh the what's her name? Uh the, the white rabbit's got these childbearing hips throughout it. I noticed that. Is is it it's wrong that I'm attracted to the white rabbit? Yes, it is wrong. <laughs> I'm horribly
3: attracted to the white rabbit. <laughs>
0: All right, so I'm hot. right there with you.
3: She's super hot.
0: She got those big boots on. She reminds I, me of like just just can't Olivia Newton-John the... and Xanadu
1: with the with the big leggings. Oh, you're so obsessed with that freaking movie.
0: In the white face,
3: in the bustier, and like the little cute pink little nose sticking out. I, I know she's
1: got the little whiskers. I, the I, ears. I, can't, I can't do the face. I can't deal with the face. Where is
0: she? What's where? okay? If you look on the second page, she's got a collar, <laughs> but there's no shirt. See, it's it? like a Playboy it's like bunny. Right, it's, it's like made into the tie or where that, that's around her neck. Ah, uh, mm, mm. I like to see this cosplay.
3: I know, like I, uh, I'm, I'm not into furries, but you know, this could make me think twice. I'm just saying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> on page twelve, there's a nice shot too where she's sitting in the chair. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> Oh th- yeah, you know I think they're trying for you know like th- kind of the uh, you know the 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 message thing about like how dangerous it is to go out and be a superhero and you know really show that you know it takes a special breed kind of thing. Uh, you know that's why everybody's telling Eugene not to do it. Uh, I mean it was it was fun and that, that's lately that seems to be the saving grace of so many of the stories that we've covered. If if they're fun, they're fine. And uh, you no know, alliteration is actually meant there, but uh, I'm just not sure where I rate this thing overall, because it is kind of a very forgettable story, except for the way. So, Rabbit.
3: You, so you're just refusing to give it a grade? Is that what you're doing?
1: No, I'm not going to refuse. When we get to the grading point, I will give it a grade. <laughs> okay, okay. I thought I'm just. I'm, I'm a still. I'm still actually up in the air on what my grade would be. Perhaps you guys will influence it.
3: Okay, Doctor Bill.
0: Uh it's it's a fun story. I mean, you know, it's is it going to be one of the best stories of all time? No, but it's it no jaws. It, it it's no jaws, yes as you like to say. But anybody that could have a uh anywhere anytime you can have an umbrella that shoots carrots out of it.
3: Razor sharp a razor
0: carrots. razor tip carrot. Uh that's that's going to give it some points for originality, I would say. Uh, could to... be less excited? <laughs> <now>. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, okay. Aside from the White Rabbit <laughs> and some of the gimmicks, I, I was kind of like, yeah. I'm not really a big Frogman fan, but, you know, that's just me.
1: That's fair. You're not going to start entitled the opinion. podcast?
0: <laughs> no, I'm not going to start the Frogman podcast. Although I could probably be Frogman. I'm about his size. <laughs> Maybe it hits too close to home for me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. All right, it's too well, much I, like
0: real life.
3: <laughs> I'll be the one to stand up for this book. Okay. This book is an absolute hoot. It, it's, it's totally tongue-in-cheek the whole time. It's never intended to be serious literature. I don't think this was trying to send a message to the kids at home about don't be a superhero. I think instead it was just trying to have some fun with this story and show that Leapfrog, even though he's completely a doof, he sort of saves the day by getting the white rabbit crashed into the hospital. So it's, it's just sort of the clumsy, accidental hero who, who does good. And I love those kinds of stories because they're just, like you said, it's just fun. And mm-hmm. is it forgettable? I would say yes, except that here we sit 30 years later and I still remember it. I remember it, you know, and I don't remember the content of it, but I remember how much fun I had with it. By the way, I did forget to mention, I should have said it, it is cover dated July 1983. If you want, jump into your DeLorean. And if you want a fresh copy of it, I should say, jump in your DeLorean, head back to April 12th, 1983. That's where you'll find a pristine copy of this book where you can still hear the pages crinkle as you turn them because it's brand new. That's where you want to go.
1: I suspect but you could find one in my basement because I don't think I ever actually read this when I purchased it back in nineteen eighty. Oh, so it's mint. So I think it's—I th- I believe it's in a in a bag with a board, and it hasn't been touched since. That's horrible. If, That's horrible.
0: That's a crime. Or if it's in Scott's uh, Marvel team up collection, it smells like cigarettes. Yeah.
1: Ah. Okay. But I, you know, your arguments have swayed me somewhat. Oh, I'm not okay. done. I'm oh, not done. Go, you, you, you keep going. Then go.
3: So Frogman, he, he, it's funny because he looks like a stack. I mentioned that earlier. He really does. It took me a while to figure out what it is. He's got that stack look, except it, it works for him.
0: Yeah, early on guy's... he does look like a Sleestack, but not really much so later. Yeah, early on he does. like a frog, but yeah.
3: And the only thing this guy's got going for him, Spider-Man even says it, he's got mechanized like coils in his feet and a, and a whole bunch of gumption. That's all the kid's got. And yet he's out there trying to be a hero. It, you know, it's, it's not even to get the money at first. is to do the right thing. Later, it's to get the money. And uh, he does a great misquoting of Superman in the story, Truth, Justice, and I Can't Remember. Um, you know, the, mm-hmm. We talked about the White Rabbit. I'd love to talk about her a little more. Just saying. She's super hot. Um, she, in her language, she's, she's got that sort of like comic book, hyper-intelligent but crazy, pr- ridiculously pretentious speak. Which is so much fun. I love characters like that. It's almost like they were trying to set her up like a, as a joker because she was literally insane. Even her own goons were scared of her, you know, not like a, a 70s you know dangerous joker, but sort of the goofy joker. And then uh, what else? I, I love the art in this book. When I saw Spider-Man swinging through the city, I mean it's, it's nothing amazing. It's nothing that you're going uh, to that, that was no pun intended. but' More spectacular.
0: Um, Right,
3: it's not spectacular. It's not even web of. But That's as you serious. flip through it, you're you're not going to see you know some some amazing panel design. But the scenes of Spider-Man swinging around the city, where he's pulling on the web to get him going and whatnot, it look great. I mean, they really did some nice shots of him swinging around the city, and I love that. I think there's, it's a solid, solid work. So let me see if I have anything else we're talking about. Now um, the last thing is just it's funny when I read this, I hear. The guy who did Peter Parker in the Amazing Spider-Man cartoon, I hear him voicing these lines in my head,
1: which, just which without cartoon? even trying. The sixty-six cartoon? No, the Amazing
3: Spider-Man. No, I'm sorry, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. That's what I okay. meant to say.
0: Yeah, he does. Which was the Amazing the art, Spider-Man?
3: Which was the does, Amazing Spider-Man first, and then Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends?
0: Yeah, the art does kind of make him look. He does have that same, somewhat particular uh, or close ha- hairstyle from the Peter Parker from that um, cartoon. Has here kind of has the same hairstyle too.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. So who who starts with the grades here?
1: Uh, usually we let the synopsizer grade it first. Okay. In in the
3: spirit of fun comics, if you want a fun comic, I'd say this is a solid B plus.
1: Okay. You you're gonna break we well, just to, to, to <laughs> just give you, you, a, you a might, We usually you break, break it down, down by... we, we give okay. we give a grade for the cover, all right. Movie, sorry. Art, the story and then overall.
3: I would have had to listen to your show at least once to know that. Yeah,
1: well, it's not a problem. Not a problem. It's, uh, turnabout is fair play. <laughs> uh,
3: okay, the cover? cover is an A, I have to say. I love that. Paul Smith is an amazing artist. It's funny. It does look like an assistant editor's month cover, but it's, it's, it sells the message that this comic's going to be silly and fun. It's got stark black background. You've got the heads mounted there. Frogman's got a ridiculous-looking logo. And the White Rabbit's, oh, I think Bill said it, she's hot.
0: Plus, I think she's a ginger, isn't she?
3: Ooh, she is. I have a soft spot for redheads, by the way.
0: So, Karen
3: Gillan could play the White Rabbit. Oh, God. I have to take a break and use the bathroom. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh,
0: man. I mm. <laughs> not <hadn't> thought of <laughs> that. <laughs> and Rory could play Frogman.
3: I don't even care about that. This comic just got ten times better. Wow. All right. So, that's my cover grading. Um... Art interior, Uh probably a B. You know, the, the art's fine. I think it's very serviceable. It's nothing exciting. But for 1972, it's it's what I'm looking for out of a Marvel comic from 1972, you know? Unless it's somebody like Kirby
1: Except or something. Except it's from
3: 1983. Like or 83, <laughs> right? Or 83. Sorry, I'm getting my... I, you know what happened? I scrolled up, and I'm looking at our, ne- our, our our DC stories from 1972. Sorry about that. Okay. So maybe the grade's not a B. <laughs> maybe it's a, a really high – it's a B minus. There it is. The art and is a B minus. Okay. And, and the story is a solid B plus. There we go.
1: Okay. Did I miss anything? No, you got it. Okay. You and me, Bill.
0: Uh, I'll go. I'll give this cover uh... – well, yeah, for the hotness factor, I got to give it an A plus.
3: A plus, even higher than me.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I like I like rabbits.
1: <laughs> Tell me about the rabbits, George. <laughs> okay, Lenny. Um, the interior art.
0: Um, going by our, you know, this is, this is this is again a nice throwback because this is a pretty condensed. There's a lot going on in this book. lot of panels it's it's really it's fun to read read the old books because you can you know you really got a a decent amount of story for your money which i i don't know i i haven't listened to uh scott's recent thing about the new star wars comic but i was a little disappointed with that with the how quick i read that and you know i was like man i paid four bucks for this i feel like somebody took my money again for Star Wars One, but you know, but anyway, that's that's a different that's a different show for a different time, but I, I'm I'm going to say with the story, I too will give this a I I'll give it a B minus for, well, wait, wait, what was I saying? Art or story?
3: You, sk- you didn't finish art. You started talking yeah. about it, then you didn't finish it. <laughs> <laughs> He's stuck thinking about Karen Gillian as the rabbit.
0: I derailed myself. Anyway, okay. <laughs> whisper to him, Shag. Whisper to him. <laughs> Tell me what to say. See, feel the garage. Feel it around you. Oh, sure. <laughs> Think
3: about Karen Gillian in that rabbit costume.
0: Mm, it's garage funks, feng shui with Shag. What I was tough to say. <laughs> it's garage talk with Shag and Bill. <laughs> uh, that's right. That's right. I'm in a garage. I'll admit it. <laughs> <laughs> you broke me, Paul. You broke me.
3: We're both in garages. I'm there with you, brother. Solidarity.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. Power to the garage. Power
3: to the geek garage.
0: <laughs> oh, that's That's oh, that could be a show, Ooh. the Geek Garage. The. Mm. So, uh, art. I'm going to give the art overall a C plus, and the story for the fun factor, I'm going to give it a B. So it's going to average out to probably uh, mid to high B for the overall book.
1: Okay. So now I, I get to be the one dragging us all down again. Like,
0: all right, as is
1: my want. No naysayer.
3: Look, look, is this, is this? Think about it in terms of—is it like Apollo Smile?
1: No, it's no, not. No, no, this. Uh, you know See? what? Don't worry, but it's, I'm not. not no going to Disappoint you here. It's no. It's no Jaws. <laughs> it's no. Jaws. You know what? I'm giving. I'm giving. What's the name? White Rabbit. Credit for the furry boots. Yeah because oh, yeah. I jet think piece. we do add to the hotness factor because the white face thing that kind of takes away from it a little bit for me I <laughs> I, I don't need the animal face It kind of reminds me of the uh, the scene in The Shining with, with the people at the party with the, the masks and everything and it just kind of creeps me out a little bit <laughs> but uh, cover I think this is a solid Paul Smith cover and she does look really sexy on it uh, but I Kind of try to save my A's and a-, a pluses for ones that I consider like to be almost at a level of being a classic. I don't think this is quite there, but I think it's a really solid cover, so I'm going to say a B plus on the cover. All
3: right.
1: Story wise, I agree with you, Shag. It's just fun. It's not meant to, to be anything that's going to resonate for, for a long term, uh, but it's just kind of meant to be, you know, just a fun story, especially with goofy Eugene as the frogman who clearly doesn't, you know, is out of his league. um. So I'm going to also say just a solid B on the story. Okay. The art is the point where it kind of lets me down a little bit. Now, I do think they did marry an artist whose style kind of fit the book. You wouldn't want somebody, like, you could never have somebody like, say, Bill Sienkiewicz draw a story like this (laughs) because, you know. know. (laughs) What a trip that would be, though. (laughs) But but that's what, you know, you you needed somebody who's going to have a lighter, more cartoony style. But I'm thinking that Kerry Gamel looks, to me in this book, almost like Sal Buscema Light. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And it just doesn't quite do it for me. So I'm going to say it's adequate and it's a C. It's just kind of average on the artwork. Okay. So overall, I'm going to give the book a B-. minus. Look at that. So I was not overly harsh. I, I don't right. think.
3: No. You were very
1: giving. That's what they say about me. You're a giver. giver. I'm a Let's giver. Give I give and I give. <laughs> I give Arjuna. <sighs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fun, it's a fun book, and that's that's a lot of times that's what we come back to. And, and lately, we've been doing books where we have a uh, hero on here, and he's been doing Sleepwalker. And oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's ultimately we come to on those is that they're all fun book reflected like an older time, and mm-hmm. that's, that's what this book does too.
3: I tell you what, his coverage of Sleepwalker on your show. Wait. This wait. This implies I've actually listened. Uh, oh.
1: Anyway, uh-huh. uh,
3: has encouraged me to think about picking it up because it was in the '90s. I totally avoided that title. I was like, "Oh God, that looks terrible." But then hearing how sort of classic, goofy, fun it is, it sounds right up my alley.
1: Yeah, so I, I, uh, I would say it is. So you you may want to think about it. If, yeah, you, if, I, if, if you're, like you're at a cheapy sale and you see them.
3: Exactly. If i if I see it in like a fifty cent, bin, it's mine. I'm nabbing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I oh, wouldn't oh, pay. Hotel
3: tell Hero though.
1: I wouldn't pay anything more than that
3: on them. I don't want him to like, get a swelled ego or anything.
1: It's too late. <laughs> so just to move things along, I'm going to jump into the DC, which is my book this week. And it's World's Finest, number 214, from Shag. It's from 1970
2: 1972.
1: 1972, <laughs> November of 1972, to be exact. <laughs> and it, had, it sported a price tag of 20 cents. The cover, which I think is pretty cool, is by Nick Cardy, and it shows Superman being attacked by a werewolf in front of a full moon. As this is going on, we see the vigilante in the background on a crumbling rope bridge swinging a lasso as he's riding his motorcycle across the bridge. And the cover tells us a beast stalks the Badlands, which is also the title of our story. And also the cover tells us that the book features a special guest appearance by Batman. And I do notice that it says by Batman, not the Batman, which I think that's, I think calling him the Batman is more of a more recent thing.
3: Mm, I think that he was the Batman in 39, wasn't he?
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is I think he was originally and then that went away. And I think recently they've picked, you know, and by recently I'm saying, you know, within the last say 10, 15 years, I'm not talking like this year, but it's become like more in vogue again where it hadn't been for a long time. And
3: is that the TV show logo, or is that the comic logo? I can't really tell them apart.
1: Uh, That's a good question, and I can't tell either. I'm not sure. It's certainly similar to the TV logo, but then the comic had... I think the comic adapted a, a logo similar to the TV, not the other way around. Okay. But I'm kind of talking out of the side of my mouth, because I don't really know for sure. Way so, to be
3: an expert on your comic you're covering. Yep.
1: Wait a minute. <laughs> that's 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 the kind of expertise I bring to this show every week, my friend. The script is Spatman <laughs> in this comic. Uh, Steven Skeets and Denny O'Neill. The story is penciled by Dick Gil- Dick Dillon and it's inked by East Meadow's own Joe Giella and edited by Julie Schwartz. And the reason I point out that it's it's East Meadows Joe Giella is because I live in East Meadow. Yeah. The splash page plunges us right into the story showing Superman being attacked by a raging, slobbering beast and feeling his powers drain away against this incredible magical creature of darkness as the vigilante lies under the agonizing weight of timber and rock. But his cowboy hat and his bandana miraculously remain over his nose and mouth and in place impeccably. (laughs) So how did we get here? Well, pull up a hay bale and let's see. We join Clark Kent on a mountain road operating the operating the WGBS news van, lamenting the fact that he was sent to cover a rodeo and provide a pleasant, light documentary, which goes against Clark's PETA values. Uh, which he, but he comforts himself by noting he's going to throw in a few caustic comments into the report. Way to be fair and balanced, Clark. Is
0: that not the... the, the, the that has to be the most
1: unsafest van I've ever seen. It's all windows.
0: <laughs> Just asking for
1: it. Anyway. You know, you certainly wouldn't want to be driving that with this any kind of like a, say, a cattle stampede, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see what happens. So he's going to throw his comments into the report, and he says, besides, it'll be good to see the vigilante again, who is booked as a trick-shooting guest star on at the rodeo. So apparently it's okay for him to be there, despite the negative nature of rodeo's existence. Anyway... Clark goes to, the interview, goes to interview the Vigilante about the history of rodeos, and as he's doing this, a man whose face is obscured in shadow fears that his secrets are going to be found out. He's upset that the camera got a close-up of his face and decides to do something about it. While this is going on, we see Tony Stark and Jim Steranko talking about the Vigilante and Superman. And then we <laughs> cut back to the Mystery Man who makes his way to a pen with hundreds of steer in it he cuts the rope, holding it closed with either a small switchblade or a penknife. I'm really not sure which one it is, but either way, it's a pretty feeble way of holding hundreds of cattle in. Uh, so the herd heads in a stampede directly towards the vigilante, Clark, and the camera. Oh yeah, and uh, hundreds of spectators who are apparently all paralyzed. Every single one of them is paralyzed with fear and unable to move. The villain of our piece sees what's happening and immediately regrets his actions. So we know he's not a totally bad guy. In all the confusion, Clark makes his way into the news truck and changes into Superman, which also begs the question, as Bill said, that since the van is all windows, <laughs> what good does that do us? Anyway, he says that the camera was trampled, so he seizes the opportunity to have Clark report into his microphone on Superman's actions using, oh, I guess, super ventrilo- ventriloquism, And so he takes some heavy-duty wire... And in a move that I think defies physics and logic, is able to use that wire to lasso the entire stampede.
0: Killing all the cows.
1: The I'm, sorry. I'm sorry? Killing all the cows. Yeah, that's, oh, know, that's- probably slicing the one in front's <laughs> neck clean off. But uh, he, he, uh, he comments to himself about losing some of his strength, which makes me think that this might be like dead in the middle of the Kryptonite No More era. Well, that was supposedly just, mm-hmm.
3: to, 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 um, that's part of why I knew the numbers because I looked it up. That's 1971, supposedly, so
0: this would be just the year later.
1: And yeah, so know, it would still be in the months point months where months he's depowered to an extent, I guess. Now,
0: see, what happened was the cows had eaten some kryptonite, so it had come out in the <laughs> cow patties. So that, that's all I'm saying. Is this that
3: episode of Misfits of Science? Yeah. <laughs>
1: That was, uh, what's his name was in there, wasn't it? Uh, uh Yeah, Yeah. Jim and Jim mm-hmm.
0: Carrey, and Anthony, not Anthony, Michael Hall. Jim so. Carrey
3: was not in that.
0: Yes, he was.
1: So he wasn't?
0: Wait a minute, there was some... I'm going to have to
1: episode on that one. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was not in Misfits of Science. Okay. Hold on. I hate on. to brag,
3: but I am a bit of an expert on the show. Now, he may have been in an episode, but he certainly was not a regular. Are you thinking of Dean Martin's son?
0: I don't know. Hold on. I'm looking it up.
3: Dean Martin's... Oh, you do
1: that. I will continue with my... Yeah, let's oh, talk about a right. comic. Yeah. So you, you look that up, though. We'll, we'll be waiting. So, anyway, Superman returns to his Clark identity and starts investigating, which is exactly what the vigilante is doing at that point. He saw the man who turned the critters loose, and he then saw him hightailing it away with a purdy gal following him. So, as he follows, he sees a dust crowd, which means there's a wingding of a storm brewing. This is the way people speak in the uh, Midwest, apparently. He makes his way to a spot and eavesdrops on the two. And the man who set the cattle free and his girl Martha, who looks kind of like Wrangler Jane from F Troop, uh, he tells her that that if she loves him, she should put a bullet through him. (laughs) And she amazingly agrees to do that. But vigilante shoots the rifle from her hands And as they argue, the moon starts to rise and the mysterious man runs off towards an abandoned mine. Luckily, there's always an abandoned mine around. Vigilante tackles him, and as he lies on the ground, the man transforms into a werewolf. He throws Vigilante off and runs off himself. As Vigilante takes aim at him, the woman, you know, the one that was just about to shoot the guy and kill him, she kicks the gun (laughs) from his hand. And the two of them follow the werewolf into the mine where he basically gets the drop on him because he jumps out from behind them vigilante spins around and tries to shoot at him causing the mine to cave in on them at this point we look back in on clark who sees that the rope was cut and based on this he somehow reasons that someone must have wanted to destroy the film in the camera that's a nice leap of logic there, but I'm really not sure where you get there. Uh, he changes back into Superman, saying that he knows someone who with the facilities to help, help fix the film. And no sustained mystery here as we cut to Batman battling a group of criminals. Superman waits back and lets Batman take out the bad guys and then asks him for his help. He repairs the film and is able to tell that our mysterious man has the unique classical look of someone who suffers from lycanthropy. That's just an amazing ability, right?
3: Well, he's Batman. He's been studying supernaturalism.
1: Apparently. (laughs) Superman immediately heads back, flies high and spots the vigilante's cycle, and uses his X-ray vision to see that they're trapped inside the cave-in. And then we cut inside where the vigilante is trapped under a half-ton of rubble by his figurine. The woman is unconscious and the Wolfman is stirring. He starts to move towards the woman and Vigilante shoots him with no effect. As the Wolfman raises a port to strike, Superman quickly grabs him and slaps him. But that really doesn't have any effect on him because Superman is vulnerable to magic. So apparently his super strength doesn't affect the werewolf. Yeah. Uh, the two battle as the Vigilante looks on. The woman who's barely conscious clues the vigilante in to the fact that there's a silver bullet. Vigilante has to use a belt to pull the rifle towards him. And then he doesn't have a clean shot, so he uses the wall to ricochet the bullet and hit the wolfman, killing him. (laughs) Vigilante feels bad, but Superman is pretty dismissive of this, because we all know Superman kills at the drop of a hat anyway, saying at least that he died a man and not a wolf. And that's that's our werewolves. story.
3: That's how we handle werewolves, folks. That's what we do. Get that
0: shit done.
1: Oops, sorry. There's no point, no point in like trying to just restrain him and see if there's any kind of cure. Or, you know, the kill it. Kill the twenty-nine beast. days a month that he doesn't turn into a werewolf. Maybe let him live live a good life then. I let it, it down. I you know because do just. Werewolf.
0: You know, just imagine if we did this to other things that got angry once a month. Hmm. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Just saying.
1: Just saying. So now I do think that this kind of fits the parameters that we sent for just stories that are kind of fun. (laughs) But really, don't make a murder. lot of sense.
3: Yes, um, just to point out uh, 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 th- this book was written by two different people. Huge differences. Steve Skeets wrote pages one through seven and fourteen through eighteen. Denny O'Neill wrote pages eight through thirteen and nineteen through twenty-four. The st- I love Steve Skeets, I really do. However, his pages read like Haney nonsense. Oh yeah, and then and then Denny O'Neill's pages read pretty darn solid. I mean, there's some elements of this as almost like a classic Western tale. The scene, because mainly Denny wrote the, the Vigilante scenes, is kind of what he did. And the Vigilante scenes are really quite good. And the language is a little crazy. But I enjoyed those quite a bit. I've been reading some Western stuff here and there for Fire and Water lately. We've read a couple of Johnny Thunder books. And it's made me realize how interesting a Western tale can be. And Because I'd never read Western comics before. I didn't really see any point in it. The, the, like, when Vigilante used his belt to get the gun and stuff. I loved that. That was great.
1: Yeah, no, that was okay. I was, I was good with that. Uh, I mean, just some, like I said, just some of the logic in there. You know, the way uh, the characters are written. I, I don't know. There's just some steps in there like, you know, that he, he's going to start this stampede because he's afraid somebody's going to see him on TV and realize that he's a werewolf.
3: Okay, that's Steve Skeet's though. That's what yes. I'm saying. That's the Steve Skeet's insanity. They're nuts. It's Haneyism.
1: Yeah, well, it's definite haneism. And, and he wonder has how they, the how classical look to... of someone who suffers
0: from lycanthrope.
1: Lechom- whatever. <laughs> he just, he you can just look at him. <laughs> now, now, the one thing like that's really stark to me is the difference between how well the werewolf is drawn on the cover by Nick Cardy as compared to how he is in the interior art by Dick Dillon. Far superior by Cardi yeah he I mean he looks scary on the cover
3: the, the whole cover's gorgeous
1: yeah it, it really is this this is much closer to what I would call a classic cover and, yeah uh, this like,
0: werewolf in the book doesn't scare me the cover's yeah. it's,
3: it's interesting this- they don't actually call him a werewolf through most of the book he's called a human wolf, a man wolf and it isn't until Batman has to announce the word in in special letters werewolf that they actually come right out and say it
0: and then the vigilante says at
1: the end, the wolf man, how is he? Mm-hmm. Now, what's what's up with the uh, this Tony Stark and Jim Steranko guys?
3: I was wondering if we were supposed to know who the who – because the, one of them sounds like he's a reporter. The guy with the peacenik
1: stuff? That's the Jim, Jim Steranko guy. Okay. I, how do you I know that's Jim
0: Steranko? Is that just his – No, well, that's I just
1: my so. interpretation of his – look. Oh, Okay. And and basically, I'm judging that off of seeing Jim Staranko in the last few years as a 70-something-year-old man and thinking, what would he have looked like 40 years ago?
3: That's hysterical. It it almost sounds like you know, he's supposed to be a big city, folks. So I wondered if maybe he was supposed to be a competitive reporter or something like that, because that's almost from Metropolis, but I I don't know if we're – I mean, Steve Lombard's brother? I don't know. I have no idea who this guy is.
1: Yeah, and he's, he's touting the uh, – you know, vigilante's uh, abilities and and heroism over Superman's, so he could definitely be somebody who's a recurring character, but not anybody who I'm familiar with.
0: Oh, yeah. you lose them, well, maybe he's like you know a young Ron Burgundy. <laughs>
3: now, s- speaking of, of crazy, I just got that. Sorry, it took me a second. <laughs> um, Stepping back from the you know the, everything and kind of looking at, again, don't mean to keep picking on Haneyism, but it I just it just smacks all over this thing. Which Earth is this story supposed to take place on? Because isn't Vigilante an Earth Two character? Or is this supposed to be the Earth One Vigilante that was only spotted a couple of times?
1: Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? No, yeah, definitely. I I I think this is in my mind. This is the same world as as Brave and the Bold. Okay. That which was the Haney verse. Right. Anything else. Yeah, I think so, because I mean just just read the story. (laughs) This just can't be part of any ongoing continuity. I'm sorry.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And how much must Morgan Edge hate Clark Kent to send him to Montana to cover a rodeo? (laughs) That's nuts. Yeah, really. And again, I'm sorry. I've had it. I've read a lot of comics from the 70s. I can no longer take Steve Skeets pushing his usual anti-rodeo agenda. <laughs> I'm just – I've had it. No more. I can't take it. It,
1: it. it. I don't know. Maybe I Maybe I would turn the blind eye to it, but I didn't see quite so much of the, uh, the blatant – you know, putting their own personal views in the books quite as much as I did in, that, in that, those lines, the way they were written in there. And then, you know, the fact that Clark is even going to, you know, purposely put in his caustic comments. <laughs>
3: it was really, you talking about yellow journalism. Oh my gosh. he's
1: incredibly <laughs> heavy handed to me. Yeah. Well, wouldn't that be brown journalism
0: for the cow patties? Oh. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I was thinking of the Duck Factory with Jim Carrey. From him. It's, it's oh,
3: pretty much this the
1: same was, thing this was from 1984. Science, same thing. It was a, right, it was NBC. Right. Same time frame. I was thinking of it, in living color. <laughs> <laughs> but and, and, and I mean, to me, the the most blatant thing in this is the absolute disregard for the fact that Vigilante had to kill the man. And and so? a, his body is laying there. Superman just picks up the unconscious girl, and he's like, "All right, let's go."
3: But Superman made try to make a good point. I mean, the writer tried to pull him out of that at least by going like, but he died a man. So, you know, they like, try to make it, a, you know, make us feel better about it. But yeah, it, 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 Superman, Superman
1: saying, probably wouldn't stand for favor. that too well. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's not
3: basically. very like is it?
1: And I mean, and then, you know, just the way the woman turns, she, she's, she's ready to shoot him. Yeah. But then when Vigilante's ready to shoot, shoot him, she's like, no, 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 maybe I can get through to him. Well, well which is it?
3: Maybe she's okay with shooting him herself. She just wants someone else to do
0: it, though.
1: So, so it's like, him
3: to die and, because of love rather than you I, know being hunted like an animal.
0: I guess Superman's such a good buddy with the vigilante that he can call him Vig.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, I read that as like,
0: Vig. vig I read Thanks, it as Vidge as
3: well. But but regardless, it's it's ridiculous. That's in my notes too. It's like, oh my gosh, really? He just calls him Vig? Does that mean uh, you know vigilante calls him Sup? What's up? Sup? <laughs>
0: sup? Sup?
3: Right. And then Superman uses his super aim power. Is that even a power? Really? I don't remember seeing that in the DC role-playing game.
0: His super what power?
3: He has super aim. When he's throwing
0: oh, the la- lariat throwing around the or the,
3: the lasso around the cows, no,
0: which you know, he had man of steel. everything.
3: Man of steel. He's, steel he's of
0: using his super players, driving skills, driving him. that rickety. <laughs> he's using his super driving skills driving on that road, I guess. Too I mean, everything he did, you know, he's using whatever his super ventriloquism to talk back to the microphone. I don't know his oh, super detective was... skills to tell if the rope was cut.
3: That was so pretentious when he's narrating his own actions, or I don't know, pretentious is the right, right word. Maybe oh, not, he called him Vig.
0: It just... He called him Vig twice because he did it earlier when he's picking up the camera. He says, "Oh well, I can always shoot another interview with Vig." (laughs) And he says, "Where is Vig anyway?" Well, I'm like, "What the hell?" He's like, "He's his best buddy, called Batman."
1: You know, Bat. What's up, Bat? I'm just, I'm just looking at part where you said about the super aim. I'm thinking that was tongue in cheek, because he says super aim isn't one of my more superior talents. But here goes. Uh But he still manages to rope whatever it is, whatever it is. It's it's a six, 500 cattle at once.
3: Okay, so he's not legitimately saying that's a power.
1: Okay. I, that's the way I'm reading it.
3: All right. Uh, the narrating thing, that's though, great. where he's narrating his news story is just, it's a little much. I Oof. Too what much he, for me.
1: What does he say?
3: The man of steel has picked up some heavy-duty wire, and it's fashioning it into a lasso.
0: And now it's burgers for everyone as he cut the legs off of all the cows.
3: That's right.
0: <laughs> Steak
1: for everyone. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and the cows are sitting there, legless, going. <laughs> and he did, you know, he did talk about on the way here about all the cows with the broken legs because the rodeo. Yeah. Cow out Sick bastard.
0: Did you, did you just say Cow L?
3: Cow-L? That's even funnier.
0: Cow-L. Super-Cow. Cow-L. That's what they
3: called the cows after they ate the kryptonite, I remember.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Strange this Jersey one's... Cow brought to us from
1: another world.
3: This is definitely a trip. What made you pick this, man?
1: I don't, you know, I, I just tried to pick something that was a little off the beaten path. <laughs> something I hadn't <laughs> gone after before, so I thought this is a good one. It's different. <laughs> yeah it definitely is so i guess now we come to the point where i got to give a rating on this thing uh i think the cover is really solid i think this is a great cover it's very striking the whole color pa- palette with the moon in the back uh the way the wolfman is drawn i i think it's really something that just catches your eye and and i i you know i would i would go out of my way to pick this up based on the cover so I'm going to give it a, an A minus on the cover. The interior art, I sadly cannot say the same for, and the color palette on the interior art is terrible. Uh, especially on, on the Wolfman, where they just, you know, make him gray, they make him flaming red, they make him whatever colors just happen to catch their eye, I guess, at the moment. Uh... Uh, some of the angles are bad. Some of the the facial expressions are bad. I'm gonna say C minus on the interior art, below average. And the story, as as you pointed out, Shag, it's it's broken down with the Denny O'Neill pages and the Steve Skeets pages. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give them individual ratings. I'm gonna say overall, it's really really dumb, but it's a trip. So. I'm gonna give it a C C+, just for stupid fun because it, it really is. And overall, I'm gonna give the book a B minus. Uh, a B minus, yeah. Doctor Bill. All right.
0: The cover, uh, yeah, this is a pretty cool cover. Um, much better than the interior art. So for the cover, um, but I mean, there's there's like a lot of little detail there, as the werewolf or the wolf man or the wolf. Or whatever they call him in here, uh, the Man Wolf. They leap off the cliff when he's grabbed Superman, and there's like a bunch of rocks and stuff and motion lines. And so in, in the background, you've got you've got the vigilante riding across the rope bridge, and it's all you know, you've got wood planks falling out. Uh, it's I'm 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 going to give this cover. Uh, of course, it doesn't have uh, the White Rabbit on it, so it's not quite an A plus so (laughs) now if she had been standing at the top it would be it would just that would have been it I would have been done for the evening um so i'm gonna have to go with a uh an a minus as well and interior art yeah it's just a little inconsistent and just you know really not good
1: is the word you're looking for
0: thanks thanks yes not good Although those are some fine-looking cows, and it's making me hungry, but no. Um, with their yeah, tongues I'm,
1: hanging out. Yeah,
0: Arnold cows. We are you getting told out. Me to. You told, to hell with you. I'm out of here. <laughs> That's going to make me steak. Uh, Got to give it a, a C on the art. And the story The story's goofy in some places, obviously. <laughs> Um, but I think I'm going to give the story a B. So I think this kind of comes out to a B book overall. Yes. All right. Uh,
3: I give the cover a B plus, uh, all the reasons you guys mentioned. I love it. Absolutely love it. It's, um, it's it's like a B plus plus, you know, for me, it's, it's really nice. And I think, uh, I think you helped sell it to me quite a bit there as far as you know me like he, i, I would have given his high grade initially but now that i'm looking at the detail i'm looking at the wolf's face the the bridge especially just stands out you know, b plus plus on the cover really love it. the color palette's great too and i'm a i'm a sucker for nick carty absolutely love nick carty the art absolutely a c almost a c minus it's bad uh there's 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 a couple of panels here and there that are nice but overall it's it's not good there's a co- Design elements, like I do, like the splash page and how the beast stalks the badlands is sort of along the bottom of the splash page. Uh, That's kind of cool, but beyond that, not much there. Then the story. I was going to break it down, actually, by different writers. Well, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to break the rules of the show. Rules. Fine, then I'll do my own rules. All right. So I would say the uh, Steve Skeets parts. it's it, even though it's fun, it's not fun in a good way. Um, it, a, a, a D plus maybe as much. Is that too harsh? I don't know. It's a C, no, C minus no, minus. No, no. It's it's not good. It's really not good. Now the uh, Denny O'Neill pages. Did
0: did, did you just become Jerry Seinfeld?
3: Oh gosh, I hope not.
0: <laughs> the, it's not the, good.
3: It's really the uh, Denny O'Neill pages. I would actually give them probably a, a B minus. Those were a lot of fun. The vigilante scenes, again, the language is a little nuts, but who cares? He was trying to write a Western accent. But they were fun. They were very much in the Western vein. He was doing a lot of action in Western style. It wasn't super, it wasn't super heroics. And the scene where Superman sort of loses his powers and he's just punching it out with the werewolf is great. Not just the art, but just the way it's written with no, no words in those panels. That's great stuff. So, he got a what I say B B minus for the for the story there for Denny O'Neill. Mm-hmm. So overall, what's that give it? You know, uh, a, a, B, a B, a C. It's somewhere in the low B's. I would say this book. Then
1: well, I think we're all B- pretty much about. in agreement on it. But you know, it, it, it's one thing to to get a I guess a New Yorker writing Midwestern uh, speak, but it's even more amusing when you get them writing African American speak in this era because sometimes it's really embarrassing how (laughs) (laughs) bad some of this shit you think this was
3: a bit of like DC challenge kind of going on like they tried to write each other into a corner and they're like ah crap I gotta bring Batman in to solve this werewolf problem
2: he has the classic
0: signs of life he stands there and watches him fight (laughs) Yeah, I'll just stay here I could help him but you know I'll let him think he's a man and I'll just stand here uh,
1: super dickery at its best.
0: That's what he's painting him yeah, well, back.
1: Point where he's even like exaggerating his yawn as he's standing there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's like,
0: just heat heat vision. Those guys.
1: Oops! Done. Wait a minute. One of them just shot Batman. <laughs> I guess maybe I should help them. Oh crap! Then Superman Bruce's flies dead. away. I feel terrible. Oh well.
3: So do you think like super, do you think at Superman? At least he died a man. Right.
0: <laughs> and, and not a bat <laughs> Not a bat. And then his dying breath He goes, I'm Batman
3: <laughs> oh, I can't get it out Do you think it's possible that these guys have been friends so long That they've become like you, you two Where you just like, you want to see the other ones Suffer just for fun, <laughs> they can get a laugh I think that's exactly what they're
0: doing Now wait a minute, who would be Superman, who would be Batman Would I be Batman?
1: I don't know be I don't have crazy? an
3: answer on that
1: one, guys. Well, in this case, I, it looks to me like Superman is trying to let Batman look foolish. So I think you're Batman here. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, well, this, I mean, so far we've had two fun books. And it's getting late, but if we go fast, we could squeeze in book number three. Yeah, there's not much to this book.
3: <laughs> I don't
0: know. If, did you have a chance to look at it, Shag?
3: I sk- I skimmed it as was instructed.
0: Yes, and just to go right to the backstory story because I was flipping around for an independent cuz this time around I am independent. And I've got Charlton Comics from September cover date of September 1968, Drag in Wheels featuring Scott Jackson and on the cover I picked this book solely on the cover because it says look scott's doing a wheelie this is the crowd and it says yeah he'll never catch mr hero now so it's versus mr hero so we
1: have scott gardner and chris tyler (laughs) drag racing all right you've just heard the highlights of the book now you'll hear the rest right yeah (laughs) Yeah, because
0: basically this seems this comic. Oh, and then the first page of our story. I skipped the first story about Willie and the Wheelie or whatever, um, and went straight to our main story with Scott Jackson and Mr. Hero. And we have a complete replication of the front cover on the first page, and uh, basically you have a character called. Barney Stormer, who is also known as Mr. Hero. Barney Stormer had a fantastic record on his tour of funny car match races. He was undefeated except for the half dozen times his car broke down, but no one accepted these as actual losses. It wasn't his fault, his admirers claimed. So Barney Stormer became known as Mr. Hero, the great undefeated crowd pleaser. Well, as you find out through the story is that Barney Stormer is basically, to put it mildly, an asshole. Um... (laughs) Who, anytime he gets close to actually losing a race, he'll feign some mechanical difficulty so that he never actually loses a race. Oh, I you know oil got on my headers, or oh my tire, the steering rod went out. So you know he fakes like he oh I lost control. So basically, oh uh, he's just 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 a straight up a hole, and that's pretty much what the story entails. Is each time he races. Um, somebody that's going to beat him he feigns mechanical difficulties but he always gets his his uh his money his vig his cut of the proceeds for making his appearances as mr hero so he decides he finally and scott uh scott scott gardner and his uh and his pit crew trying to think who his pit crew would be here well it'd probably be us because there's big there's me, there's a big fat guy. So I, actually it's probably the the three of us from Back to the Bins. You're the big beefy guy with the black hair, Paul. Oh, and then I'm there I'm kind of the tubby blonde haired guy. So we're uh, Scott's pit crew, and uh, you know, oh man, that 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 Chris, that Chris Tyler bro he's an a hole. He's always faking this stuff. I can't believe it. Well Mr. Hero takes all this money and Buys himself a really souped up hot rod that he thinks he's really now he's he, he can win for real. Uh, and he goes up against Scott once again, but this time he actually does blow it. Um, it, they're tied one and one and um go, going into their last race, because in their second race, um, Mr. Hero had taken out the Christmas tree light for the uh for the Dragler racing and uh basically. Start, starts to get ready to win and and hey guess what lo and behold much like a Twilight Zone episode he actually has a mechanical difficulty and crashes and trashes wah, wah, wah,
4: wah.
0: <laughs> and trashes his car and now everybody says he's a real hero but he's like fat load of good it'll do me my car's totaled now and I got no bread to fix it the end.
2: Wah, wah, wah,
0: wah. <laughs> And that is pretty much what this story entailed, so it it was a quick one, but uh I not have never had read a actual uh magazine or comic about racing this like uh you and I both mentioned prior to the show, Paul that this was kind of like a this was like a comic book for guys who think they know stuff about cars and <laughs> but don't really but don't really <laughs> yeah
3: probably true. Well, I mean, I'm, there's...
1: Picturing, I'm picturing like like you know like a 10-year-old kid who thinks they've, you know, they, they have the uh, STP stickers on their uh school books, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Pretty much.
1: I remember going to school with people like that.
0: Oh yeah. I mean I mean they do give some descriptions of cars which uh, they, you know, maybe the maybe the Comet looks a little like it should and the Dodge Charger a little bit but uh, And then uh, uh, later on, he's got a what is that? I mean, there's there's you'll be reading, and then they'll just throw in mechanical jargon about you know casters and the oil level and the engine, and you're like, what? Did I suddenly slip into a uh, a Mopar magazine? What's going on here? Now, (laughs) I mean, some of them, some of the cars look like the one at the beginning of chapter of uh, part two. That drawing of the car looks looks pretty cool. I wouldn't mind owning that vehicle, but did they have? Did he have to cut out and put like the seat? Like he cut the roof out and put in a uh, like some type of uh, you know Han safety harness that you see nowadays in NASCAR up there. It's like they couldn't have just built that into the car. You know? Yeah, anyway. he
3: put a little roll cage around himself and he put himself in the center, almost like a parade car, so that right. everyone could see him.
0: But if he flips upside down. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think that roll cage is really going to save him. I think he's just going to be smeared all over the pavement if he flips upside down with that thing.
1: If you're sitting like that, why even have a windshield? Right. <laughs> well, just,
0: well uh, aerodynamics? Oh, wait. Maybe your face blocking the wind would probably not help either.
1: <laughs> you meanwhile, you got to, you know, you got to, like, Sit with your, your like your butt all the way up front so you could reach the gas pedal and stuff because you're all the way in the back. Oh seat. yeah,
0: I I didn't even think of that because where he's at, he's literally in the back seat of the car. So what, did he have extended um, pedals put in? Or I mean, oh, how yeah. much did he modify this car?
3: I or he's mean, got giant it's... wood blocks on his feet, <laughs> like like in, in, in Indiana Jones and the Temple of
1: <laughs> You call him Mr. Hero. <laughs> Mr. Hero, get our stuff. <laughs> oh god! Oh. So we, the uh... thing that
3: disturbs me the most is the cover because you—I didn't—I—I I, I just assumed it was exactly the same drawing as no, the first it's page of the story. Different. Well, the creepy thing is, it is the same drawing. But so what? Someone has done is they've cut out the blue car in the forefront and turned it about ten degrees further counterclockwise, and that's it. If you really look at the two next to each other, it's well, it's recolored. On...
0: It's recolored because it looks like they're on dirt in the first one,
3: right? But the car, the blue car, is just tilted a little bit more down. That's it. That's the only real difference. Yeah, yeah. It's Why would re- someone take the time to tilt the car down?
1: Very strange. Now, did Goodyear have to pay for product placement? I. <laughs> they are. Uh, they sponsor this, maybe. This piece of crap! This flaming piece of crap!
3: I'm just trying to see if there's. I mean, there are <laughs> there are car related ads in this magazine.
0: Oh so yeah,
3: I'm trying to see now, if there's a good
0: one. Here, here's one now. Thirty days of driving on a single tank of gas. Even more startling, now save up to sixteen dollars
1: a month. Up to sixteen dollars a month. <laughs> well, back then gasoline. Yeah, what, I know. What are we talking in 1968? Gasoline was probably about twenty-five cents a gallon
0: up to 50 gallons of gas each month without changing a, a single part on your car and then it just goes into the fine print and you can't read anything or well it, I wasn't even a bother but yeah there's like that ad there's uh, of course we have a muscle magazine ad
3: you can buy uh Chevys, Fords and Dodges below wholesale price well, Where's that at? Um page 34 Oh, okay. You didn't believe me?
0: Learn no, to play didn't. the guitar. I, a line. I think made the whole thing
3: up. There's <laughs> also an ad in here for Dolly Parton's Dollywood.
1: It's on page 97. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Mine only goes up to 37. What's up with the guy who's waving the flag? How's he standing like three feet in, in the sky? Because he... J- <laughs> He, <laughs> he jumped. He's so excited. He jumped. But he doesn't look like he's jumping. He looks like he's just well, floating. You know, because because the panel prior, he's crouched. See, he's
0: getting ready.
4: Yeah. I, I and, thought he was and, taking a dump. Whoa, on the boat.
0: He's 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 like the standing high jump champion of the world because he's literally he's got to be at least you know, unless that's just an extreme camera angle and he's only like six inches off the ground for all that effort. I I think he I think the guy jumping blew something out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because look at his face, he's like <sighs>
3: See him you know, being taken away later by an ambulance
1: Bill Yeah? I'm um, I'm thinking it's getting kind of sad that you are making every effort you can to try and find a book that's worse than Apollo Smile
0: <laughs> What do you mean by that?
1: <laughs> you keep bringing these books that like, I mean, oh my god Some of the other ones have been bad
3: now, wait a minute. Now, Hold on a minute, this comic wasn't Terrible. I mean, if no, you've read I, it, I, I, I wouldn't
1: say it's as bad as Apollo Smiley, but I think he's trying no. to come up with something that's as bad. No, but if, I, if, I, if
3: you've read, if, if you've read a lot of Archie comics over the years, which unfortunately I've had to for my daughter, this is downright sensible. I mean, it's this is not. There's no hokey, crazy gimmicks, and the guy's actually got a pretty clever scam to get his money for appearances. I mean, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting a very good grade, but I will tell yeah, you that I'm, cutting, I'm cutting out these. <laughs> I'm cutting out this ad on page thirty to get the latest rage, which is apparently an imported African genuine leopard paw. So oh, I'm getting wait, that. Oh, that's man, the best that's thing so, in the book. That's, hanging so, that from your,
0: what? that's so cruel to the leopard. You got like leopards walking around with three paws.
1: You Buck know. Kent would give some caustic comments.
3: <laughs> but there's a girl wearing one around her neck. It's hanging around a, a rearview mirror, and then it's got a chick hanging it off her belt because you know that's cool. That's what you do with a, a an imported African genuine leopard paw.
0: <laughs> oh, God. You got you leopards with- walking around with little stumps. Beep, 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 beep. beep. Oh. Yeah, oh. didn't think of that, did
3: you? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to cry. Mr.
0: Leopard Paw, I got to have my leopard paw because I'm cool.
3: Terrible. But I'm with it. It says, Are you with it? I'm with it. I have to have this.
0: i going to have Sally Struthers <laughs> out there. Can you help? For only 15 cents a day, you two can help these leopards that have had their paws cut off
1: so Shag can look cool. I'm going to cry. I'm, I'm with you, though. I'm, I, you know, screw it all. I'm getting a leopard paw.
3: <laughs> right. And I'm going to pay Karen Gillian to dress up as a White Rabbit for the next Marvel movie. Ooh. Forget Nebula. I don't need to see Guardians of the Galaxy 2 with her as Nebula. I need to yeah, see her as White she's Rabbit. She's not
0: hot as Nebula. I mean, it does nothing for me with her as Nebula.
3: She's not bad.
0: She's, well, yeah, she's but, no slouch. Yeah, but still, you know... She's I no Mr.
3: See. She's she's no Mr. Hero. I'll tell you he,
0: that. He, I'm just looking at oh, Mr. He, Hero. is pretty scary looking. He's a shady looking character to begin with.
3: That haircut. He, I expect him to like talk with a German accent. Give me my money. That's a terrible German accent. <laughs> He's do, got do like do your Schwarzenegger one.
1: <laughs> Give me my money. There it I is. think these people don't know their audience too, because you know comic book people. Page 36, the ad, he's putting on a pound a day the easy way with crash weight formula number seven. You know what? I have no problem putting weight on. I don't need your help.
3: <laughs> but see, you go back and you read these, it's back in the I old think, days. I think that's
0: was... pounds of muscle, not pounds of fat. Yeah. And in the old days, there's
3: all kinds of ads. Like, there's all these ads for girls like, are you too skinny? And I'm like, really? That's a problem back then? So, And it's issue 30. So, I mean, they've gotten up this far. Unless they've changed the title a few times on the way,
0: ah! Look at all these 253 ICS courses. Aren't you taking international? No. Well, I guess technically uh, it's an online college. So mm.
1: cast your ballot for a successful
0: future.
3: Accredited member of the National Home Study Council.
1: (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) It means they they created something and they they call it just.
0: Convenient payment plan. Yep. Send us all your money. Ooh, TV technician is the last you, one. You
1: know it works well because they have a picture of a man on one side of the ad and a picture of a woman on the other side, and they're both smiling.
3: Oh, well, that's – you know that you know it's good then.
1: That's, that's how you know. It works.
3: It's from Scranton. Scranton.
1: Clearly they're successful. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Bill – We've come to the point in the show where you must rate your shitty book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess for the cover, which is the same as the first page of the story, uh I'm actually going to give this just because it ties into our it tied in so well to our fellow podcasters. I I am going to bump it up one-letter grade, and give it a C Bullshit. for the cover. What? <laughs> <That> <laughs> what do you nothing? mean?
3: Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Yours just is
0: no, wrong. That's and all. But how it should, wrong it may be. You think it should be higher? No. Oh, okay. No. That's what I said. That's why I, I said I'm going to bump it up one-letter grade just because of that. and give. So it would normally have been uh, a right, D. Fine. Fair enough. I gave it a C it just because it. Come on, where else am I going to have Scott and Mister Hero, the Hair Metal Hero, on the same cover of a comic book, and and to find it at random at that? That's the only reason I'm giving it that. <laughs> this the story. If you look at the story and take, take out all the jargon, it's like just like any other comic at the time with you know with a moral that the guy that's cheating everybody gets it in the end. Ha ha ha. Um. So story wise. Uh, I'm gonna give this story. hmm, I'm gonna give it a C minus D plus, and the art, the art is just a lot of these car shots are just really crazy looking, and just not consistent. I mean, even the body type of the car seems to change at some points, Uh, and I'm gonna give the art a D as well. So overall, I it's like a it's a I'm gonna give it a D plus.
1: So you're rating you're rating it higher than Apollo Smile because that was an F book. <laughs> All right. Well, the cover sucks. <laughs> um, I really don't see why anybody except for somebody who's trying to prove how cool he is because he likes cars would even consider buying it based on the cover. Uh, so I'm gonna give the cover an F. I, I just think it's terrible. The interior artwork, the savings grace to me is the last panel of the first part of the story. Mr. Hero looks like he could be the governor from The Walking Dead. <laughs> 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 Other than that, I think, the, inter- all, I, I think the interior <laughs> art is horrible, too. The interior I art, like, I the anatomy is terrible. World, but... The facial renderings are awful. The Just the angles, the the panels are from, are awful. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna bump it up a a one one uh, portion of a grade, and I'm gonna give it a D minus instead of an F, just because of the governor. And the story, I'll I'll give credit to the story for at least coming up with the guy having a clever scheme to collect. uh, I mean, how many stories about racing could you come up with to begin with? So at least they came up with something. So I'm going to say just a, just a regular D on the overall story, and I'll give it a D minus overall grade.
3: So apparently 29 other issues they did were able to come up with racing stories. That's what
1: I'm saying. Just to be able to yeah. come up with stories like that is 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 mind-boggling.
3: I'm, I'm giving the cover uh, an F also. Uh, maybe an F plus. How's that? For because...
0: fabulous... Because, I mean,
3: first of all, you've got across the top the repeated image of the Scott Jackson guy, or Scoot Jackson, whichever it is, really.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. Scoot.
3: Um, but it's like him over a funny car, but it's repeated twice. What is that about? Why? Just Is that their version of the DC checkerboard? I don't know what that is. And then um, the covers just – I don't even necessarily understand why doing a wheelie makes him – does that make him go slower, I guess? I, I haven't think. done many wheelies in my car, so I don't know for Sure. But I, I, the cover's just bad all the way around. And then the fact that they're repeated inside and took the time to cut out the car and tip it a few more degrees is weird. So, F on the cover. F+. plus. Story. Um, I'm actually okay with the story. Again, having read a bunch of Archie comics, this is very much a very typical non-CAPES, non-POWERS kind of comic. So, it's a the story is a C, probably. I have no problems with the story. It's fine. I mean, it's just it's it's there. Art though, yeah. Art's going to be a D. It's uh it's it's a little it's off in a lot of spots and um really not that engaging. So there you go. But I am going to order um there's a, there's a class, this ICS class in women's leadership, so I'm I'm signing up for that.
1: <laughs> there's also a couple of points in here where uh Mr. Hero looks to me like Dick Shawn. In the movie *The Producers*, the original Mel Brooks version, not the musical. Right. Hmm. Just, just another observation, but uh, yeah, this is bad. <laughs> really, really, just, just bad. Thank you, Bill.
0: Thanks, Bill. I was just like, way <laughs> to go, Bill. Way to bring
3: I, I the show I appreciate
1: down a again. good bad book sometimes, though. I, well,
0: it, yeah. Well, well, see, this we gotta we gotta keep Scott Gardner happy. You know, we've we've been we were. We were uh, taken to task because last episode with uh, with uh, Mike Bailey, what that
1: challenge was when you... of the
0: unknown he took us to task for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe you're doing a challenges the unknown book with Swamp Thing and uh... oh, who Dead else man. and Dead Man. <laughs> I even synopsized the book and I couldn't remember. You know, oh, I can't believe it's like yeah, and, and that's when you said I've come to the conclusion. No matter what book we pick. If you're not on the show, you're not gonna like it. Well, I don't know. Maybe we finally found one that uh, he won't.
1: Say yeah, to. he won't. I don't think he'll mind missing out on this one, but he'll probably be disappointed that he missed out on the Marvel team up in the world and the world's finest.
3: It's okay. He'll be thankful he didn't have to do another show with me. So that'll that'll all balance itself out.
1: On the other hand, when, at least when you do shows with Bill and I, you stay awake through the whole thing.
3: That was a solo solo show with Chris actually, or not solo. It was just me and Chris, and uh, I was so. It was very late at night. It was very very late at night, and I'll tell you what. I have learned a trick from that episode, which is I now stand up when I podcast.
1: Oh, do you really?
3: I do. You've I you've stand been standing up. this whole time. I've been. I sat down for a few minutes during this shitty comic at the end.
1: Uh... <laughs> We're lucky we didn't lose you
3: during it. <laughs> I tell you, you're right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been standing up the whole time. So. Oh wow. It helps you stay awake. It also keeps your energy up.
0: So,
1: Podcasting tips for those who don't podcast.
0: There you go. Alrighty. Uh, Let's see. When we last left our heroes, there was only four emails. And And now we have... Waiting. Come on. Come
1: on. I'll be doing Arnold all day. I believe there's four emails, maybe five. guess I should
0: silence my phone. Or else well, in the middle, we'll hear R2 go off.
1: Why is Squirrel Mail not loading? have four emails. While yours is loading, I'm going to read the first email.
0: And I have caught up to you. But this choose, it's from
1: Jason Sandberg, and it's called Feedback Episode 181. Feedback. What? Feedback. Oh, oh, sorry. Dear Binsters, the 1970s Captain America is an underrated era. Granted, it begins with some Silver Age goofiness. Cap decides to get a day job as a policeman and almost immediately gets into trouble for chronic absenteeism. But then mm-hmm. it finds a great rhythm where Cap alternately fights street crime, neo-Nazis, and crazy monsters. During a read-through of the title a few years ago, I was impressed by the risk-taking and soul-searching of the Englehart run. Roger McKenzie did a great arc with Sal Buscema, where Cap becomes mind-controlled by Dr. Faustus and the National Force. Best of all, Jack Kirby came back. Thank you for shining a light on that era with your coverage of Captain America 183. I understand the divisiveness regarding Frank Robbins, because while I enjoy his penciling, I can only read his work when it's in color. When I see it in black and white, his jangly angles confuse my eyes. His kinetic line work trips up his compositions. But when I see his comics in color, the form pulls together and I am not distracted. When Frank Robbins' art clicks, it's a real treat. It feels like a 1950s EC artist dropped into the Marvel bullpen to spice things up. Looking forward to the inevitable coattails-riding Ant-Man show sometime in 2015, Jason Sandberg. And seeing as Jason is an artist himself, I will give him credit for having possibly just a touch more, uh, not a valid opinion because I think everybody's opinion is valid, but just a touch more educated opinion. Except mine. As to the, nah, I, I, you know what, when it comes to art, everybody can look at it and make up their own mind what they like. I don't have a problem with that at all. Uh, But I I think, you know, Jason can give us an educated opinion on it and can kind of give it from the artist's point of view. So Mm -hmm. in that respect, I kind of appreciated hearing what he had to say about it. Um, Yeah, I think that's a great era of Cap. I think there's a lot of stuff that came out at that time that was really enjoyable to read. Uh, I, I was... At the time, I kind of had my three favorites: were Spider Man, Cap, and the X Men. Those were the the series that I was trying to pull up a lot of old ones on, and uh, you know, a lot of
0: good stuff. See, the only old stuff from that time frame that I've read has been uh, the X Men, Avengers, Iron Man, and the Hulk. I hadn't really I Spider Man and Cap. I have not read a lot from 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 that time frame, but Doctor Fop fastest how many times does he actually doesn't he brainwash cap like every couple of years
1: yeah well that's, that's what he does that's his thing. <laughs> that's his bit
0: cuz i remember when i was buying cap when uh brew in his run and yeah, he was brainwashed him then too well no well, he, he, actually he actually brainwashed Agent carter yeah sharon carter so that was uh yeah that was that, that was kind of weird Sp- speaking of uh AJ carter have you been watching the the new show?
1: I watched the first two. I didn't watch the third one yet, and mm. it's not on this week. What? I, th- oh. I heard it wasn't on this week because maybe they don't want to go up against the, State the Flash. State of the Union.
0: Oh, is that on?
1: Jeez. You know what? Yeah, that's why. Don't, I don't we have enough science fiction and f- fantasy on TV? Now we got to have the State of the Union. Came up, I said the State of the Union sucks. Okay, back to your back to our regularly scheduled programming. Exactly. I
0: don't need an hour of babble, 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 babble. Lie, 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 babble, babble, babble. Well, but,
1: well actually, it's lie, lie, lie. All right, counterpoint. Lie, lie, lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then right. after
0: it's over, you have all the all all the news talking heads. Lie, lie, lie. Counterpoint. Lie, lie, lie. Blah blah blah.
1: Move on. There's nothing to see here. I could do without it all, but yeah. I, I, I apparently am, I'm lined up to do, I guess, after next week's episode to do another guest spot on the two guys talking uh, review show on, on that. So I will yeah. have to catch up to my agent Carter before then.
0: Yeah, I, I, I watched. Uh, so wait a minute. Is course, the Fla- the- oh, the flash will still be on.
2: Well, the <laughs> flash
0: is going to kick everybody's ass. Nobody's going to be watching. the, state of the I'll be watching the flash. No geeks. That- That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised they wouldn't. Well, yeah, that's right, because ABC, yeah. that's why it's not going to be on. Yeah, it'll get bumped. Mm. Oh, well. Stupid ABC. Damn. The inevitable coattails writing
1: Ant-Man show. I hadn't even thought of that. I did. I actually thought That'd... about it. I mean, we have a while before it comes out, but what I was thinking might be cool for that. Well, is it'll just do... be a lot of this. Yeah, No, but I thought it might be cool to do... One book of each Ant-Man. Hmm. Do, do a Hank Pym, a Scott Lang, and a Eric whatever, Eric O'Grady.
0: I've read none of the new Ant-Man. I don't yeah. know anything about the new Ant-Man.
1: That's all. the irredeemable Ant-Man. Redeemable
0: Ant-Man, yeah. I mean, I knew that title, but that was it. Yeah, I, I've read a little bit of it.
1: Uh, but but I thought that might be a good way to do the Coattails writing episode, is to hit all three of them. Hmm. Okay.
0: That, that'll work.
1: But well, we're we're so, we're several months from that at this point. I don't uh, even yeah, know what month the movie opens. July, in, I, think. I think. Yeah, so we got a ways to go. So all right, I, I see team. where in Comics Monthly Monday they did a an, an Ant Man uh, centric episode this that just came out. Yeah, because uh, of the trailer and, and, yeah. and such. but, I, but and but I yeah, think I, have they, I think they they probably did the Hank Pym origin issue for get Chris to read.
0: Hmm. I'm sure
1: Scott will bring up something about slappity-slap-slap. Slap. I certainly hope so.
0: I haven't had <laughs> a chance better. yet. Alright, I have the next email that's a rather quick and short one and it appears to be from Dewey the Mailman. Dewey! <laughs> the big do. Ew. It says... <laughs> question. No, it says... Subject question... Question mark, question mark, question mark. Is Scott deleting my emails? I only made one reference to him being in his 20s in 1939 when he said he couldn't relate to being a kid in that era reading a Disney book. Sincerely, Dewey the Mailman. <laughs> no, I, I don't think he's deleting them because uh, he forwarded this one to us. So, no, actually I um, forwarded it. Oh, you did? What's well, this back to the bins at Gmail?
1: Yeah, I went into Wait, the Gmail it. account. I, saw oh, you it. I forwarded YouTube. it over. Because <laughs> that's just the kind of guy I am? Well, maybe you saved it from the ether. Maybe Scott is deleting these emails. I think the Dewey emails have made it though, so I don't think I don't think Scott I don't think Scott takes. I think it you time. I think
0: you are Dewey. I think you're you're you you created a whole nother account persona just so you could jab it
1: to Scott. Well, you know what, you know what? Honestly, I think mailman's kind of a cool job. I'm not going to criticize that at all, but. If I were going to make up an alternate persona, wouldn't I be like a a, a yacht captain or something like that? I wouldn't, you know, I would be something like, you know, really wild, so. Ah, well,
0: are you saying Dewey's not wild? I don't know, but his job isn't wild. Oh. It's it's, it's kind of, you know. What, you're fighting, what, you're fending off dogs, you've got irate customers, you have fellow workers that could kill you at a drop of a hat.
1: See, I picture Newman from Seinfeld. (laughs) Hello Gardner. I'm sure, I'm sure, that's nothing like Dewey, but that's what I picture in my mind. That I always think of, like uh, when, when he when uh, he was supposed to, you know, do George a favor, but it was raining. I don't go out when it rains. That's the yeah, first that's... one.
0: <laughs> yeah, we could have the meeting of uh, Dewey and uh, Scott. Hello Gardner. Hello Dewey, <laughs> or Dewey. <laughs> You know, we got to think of something maybe we should ask the uh, the listeners. Uh, well, they probably don't know yet that uh, I have – I don't think we mentioned it, that I have actually purchased my ticket to come visit you in June. In, uh, June.
1: Yeah.
0: And Bill I is believe – Coming
1: to New York. It's going to be like Hercules in New York, only it's Dr. Bill in New York. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, great. Now I'm going have to think – I'm gonna have to think. I'm gonna have to watch the movie and then, then like, see what Arnold says when he goes to goes to New York and then say that when I get off the plane to see you.
1: Well, so far, we got you're coming up. Mm-hmm. Scott is doing his best to come up. Uh, Dario's gonna meet us. Dave Pascarello's gonna meet us. I think Mike Sodero's gonna meet us. Uh, Tom Panaris said he's pretty much set that he's coming up for. Oh, it. so
0: you can punch him in the face and. So you can punch him in the face in person? For
1: uh what's Apollo Smile 2? The... <laughs> uh and, and Hero said he's coming. Oh. Wow. So I I don't know about Gene. I think he might have said he's gonna try. So okay. we should have a good crowd. It should be a lot of fun at Eternal Con in June. I should so. crowdfund my trip or something. People who are uh, people who are listening and thinking of coming to that con in Long Island. Could be fun.
0: Special guest, Dr. Bill. Maybe Scott Gardner. (laughs) All the way from Florida.
1: (sighs) Anyway. Sorry, I was just
0: drinking some of my unsweet tea. Uh, Yeah,
1: I'm sure it's pissy.
0: No, no, actually, it's cold.
1: It's cold. Our next email is from a man who some say... Does nothing but listen to podcasts all day long. And, and send in emails. And send in emails. Mr. Luke Chaconetti, And this one is titled Sleepwalker. I love comics named like Megadeth songs. Pliers of the Time Stream. Really quick this time, guy, time out guys. I yeah, you said to... that last time. I have to say that as a guy who started reading comics for real in the 1990s and as a Marvel guy at that, Heroes coverage of Sleepwalker has me totally jazzed. I'm really enjoying hearing about this wonderfully weird series. Sleepwalker, along with Darkhawk, his oft-mentioned 90s solo star, is a relic of a bygone era when new characters could get a legitimate shot at becoming a star. This is one of the last vestiges of Marvel from the 60s, the entire Marvel Universe except for Cap and Namor, 70s, Power Man, Iron Fist, Ms. Marvel, Savage She-Hulk, etc., and 80s, ROM, Cloak and Dagger, Power Pack, Strike Force, Moratory, etc. Gone are the days when you could really get in on the ground floor with a character. Also, on a side note, Shelley Moldoff, who did the art for Stay in School... PSA from My Greatest Adventure, is best known as a Golden Age Hawkman artist. If you check out the Golden Age Hawkman archives, he does nearly the entire book. His style is similar to Alex Raymond and works wonderfully for the pulpy adventures of the original Hawkman. Loving the show, guys. I always look forward to seeing the new episodes drop every Saturday, so until Apollo Smile F Troop crossover becomes a reality... Make mine back to the bins, Luke.
0: What's wrong with that Apollo Smile F Troop crossover?
1: Hang on for just a second, Doc.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> because I got nothing to say, so I'm going to hum and sing every day. <laughs> well, while we're waiting for Paul... I'm going to drink some more tea because uh, since I've stopped drinking diet soda, uh, I get massive headaches. And I think I've got massive still having caffeine withdrawal. What are you saying? Oh, sorry. I was just talking. I was just talking to the audience. I was vamping. You were vamping?
1: I was vamping. I was drinking some more tea. Uh, Yeah. My son just asked if I could proofread his project that he just wrote. And you said I'm doing a podcast. I'm doing a podcast here. I can't spend my time reading your book, but I will do that anyway. I will do that after we're done. Anyway, I guess we could. We have one more email, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Did we want to say? Did we want to say anything about Luke's email?
1: Oh yeah, Luke's.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the the hero sleepwalker. Uh, feature is becoming a semi-regular thing now that he's done three yeah. issues, And uh, I think it's kind of cool because, you know, I had the 25-cent sale I went to recently, and uh, I picked up I think about half the issues of Sleepwalker, and it, it added up to $4 for like 15 issues. So that's pretty cool. So hmm. I, I can read along now.
0: Cool. Was uh, at this this uh, con? Con is uh, is there a lot
1: of comic dealers there? Um, you know what? In the this is the third year for it. The first two, I went with my kids. I can honestly say I didn't spend a lot of time going through long boxes, but there are definitely dealers there. Okay, is there's, there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of cosplayers. They usually have like a professional troupe of Star Wars cosplayers, or at least they did the last two years. They have the uh, Planet of the Apes uh, memorabilia display, which is actually kind of impressive.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, last year they had uh, what do you call it? They had Ray Park there, right? Uh, and and that was you know it was kind of cool. He was very nice. And uh, did he sing Ghostbusters? Not Ray Parker Jr. Ray Park, oh. who played Darth Maul. Oh, that that Ray Park. Gotcha, gotcha. And he was he was pretty cool. Uh, so so we, we met him. We were talking to him for a while, and then we met the guy who plays Colossus in the X Men movies. Mm. He was actually <laughs> like shockingly tall.
0: Well, he looks tall.
1: Yeah, well, he's, in the
0: movie, but of course, then you know they make, they can make
1: you know they make Tom Cruise look tall. <laughs> yeah, no, he he's probably I'm estimating, but I'm thinking he's like six foot seven. Wow. Well, you know, you're and, you're uh, shockingly tall, and and thin as a rail though. We took a picture with him, and it was like it was like, oh my god, look how tall this guy is.
0: Oh yeah, I think I remember that one. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to think if I should bring like an empty bag with me, in case I find some comic books or something.
1: Uh, it wouldn't hurt. <laughs>
0: Okay, here's my full bag, and I gotta bring an empty bag. My well, wife you, would be like, probably, "Why are you bringing uh, an empty
1: bag?" <laughs> you could probably do it as a uh, as a carry on, mm.
0: you know, for the trip back. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're gonna have to come up with some things to do. I th- I think we
0: definitely well, I'm, have I'm to already, do some I'm type of movie. To get us
1: some uh, some source of trivia questions because oh, i was gonna, gonna say we, we could gotta, sit down and play a little trivia. We've got to do a trivia thing. I've got some
0: Star Trek trivia questions from my star trek game i've never played because nobody would play it with me i could just bring the questions um and i think we got to do a movie commentary but what movie hmm arnold schwarzenegger uh, hercules goes to new york
1: maybe perhaps that might be the way to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe we should talk. i think i'll definitely and uh i mean bring that, I'm, so. I'm i'm still expecting uh, so i guess to... we're up to our Hello? Still expecting what? I said, I'm still expecting Scott to uh, to show, but either mm-hmm. way, both of you should bring your portable uh, microphones. Yeah, I gotta find mine again.
0: Mm. His is the more impressive
1: microphone. Yeah, he's got the heart. Oh, hard God, part. that sounds horrible. Alright, I think we'll pull it out there.
3: That's what she said.
1: Yeah, that's what well, she said. You better pull it out there. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, thanks for coming on, Shag. Thank
3: you for having me. This has been an absolute hoot. You guys are a blast. I re- You're not nearly as crappy to work with as I had heard about. Um, I'd read some notes about the balls. <laughs> uh, a kid passed me in a class. He said, don't hang out with those dorks. Um, but I figured, you know, why not? And I, I actually had – it wasn't a terrible time. So it was. It, I really appreciate that.
1: I, I think – I'm going to put that on our uh, postings. Mm-hmm. Shag Matthews, it wasn't a terrible time. <laughs> There it is. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> oh, it's a, yeah, it's like a rave review as far as I'm concerned. It's that's a that's we've, a hell of endorsement. We've hit the big time. Better than what Professor Allen says about us. Oh.
0: Well, you know, you kept making him do all your laundry and stuff, so.
1: <laughs> Somebody asked to.
3: Ask uh, Professor Allen if he'd pay a quarter for this comic at the end. Oof. All right.
1: I got to. Uh, <laughs> all right. I got to get up in about five hours or so, so I'm going to call it. Okay. But, but it has been
2: be fun. fun. Thanks for coming on.
1: I really.
2: Back to the Bins is produced in association with the Two True Freaks podcast, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.libson.com and is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Back to the Bins is a proud member of both the League of Comic Book Podcasts, which you may find at comicbooknoise.com slash league, And also the Comics Podcast Network, which you may find at comicspodcasts.com. Take a moment to stop by their respective sites and support their other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week.
4: God, I just negated my own argument. Idiot.